Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey guys, it's it's DeVito. Um, I'm just coming here to say uh, that I love the Fallout app, and I would like to tell you about the service that they use to make this podcast. It's called Anchor. The best thing about Anchor is it's free. You don't have to pay anything. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Now, you can even add songs from Spotify directly to the episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so you're going to be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can now make money for your podcast with very little, uh, minimum, little, little, little listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks, guys. Your attention, please. Your attention, please. This is your official civil defense broadcaster. One of the greatest threats would be radioactive fallout. Uranium fever. Where fallout is heaviest, it can even kill those who have not taken proper shelter. Broadcasting deep underground in a questionably constructed survivalist bunker is Dave Chaffins and Kenneth Vigue, and your host as always, Mr. Robots. This episode of the Fallout Hub is brought to you by Nuka-Cola. Try their new multi-flavor variety pack and urinate in eight different festive shades. Hey, Vault Dwellers and Wastelanders, welcome to Fallout Hub. What was that face? Okay, I'll try that again. Uh, hey, Vault Dwellers. <laughs> oh, no, I got the giggles. Hey there, Vault Dwellers and Wastelanders. Welcome to the Fallout Hub. We are back with you again for another episode of us making funny faces into cameras. So if you're watching the, the video version, you can... Holy crap. Anyway, um, for those of you on the podcast, on the audio podcast, I'm sure this is super exciting. I am back as usual. My name is Tom. I also go by Robots, and I have with me, as always, Ken. How's it going? I'm good. <laughs> You're good. And Dave, where's just wacky today? Dave? Yeah, Tim Fork, buddy. It's all good down here. We're just having a great time. I'm loving it every minute. We're going to go watch the races later today and have a cold beer. So, so Dave is now in Texas, I guess. No, this so is that's not. No, well, okay. What, well, what is this? What is this th- accent? This is the accent that I'm surrounded by. 
as you know, because oh, know, this West, is your West Virginia, yeah, West West Virginia, yeah. Oh, is it that nasally? Is it? It depends. It, it really depends on who you're talking to. It really depends on who you're talking to because some people, some people will do it like this, where they're just talking to you regular, but you can kind of, I mean, you get their accent right off the bat. It's, it's all, it's all up here in the top of your face. Like some people kind of just go along like this, and they're just uh, real slow, and they'll talk to you in this manner. Uh, maybe a little bit. A little you're, bit. You're starting okay. to tread into like. I don't know. Boomhauer land, in a way. Well, I live in Boomhauer land. Yeah, it's it's uh it's hard to uh, sometimes it's hard to understand, but my ears are very much trained um, for that sort of thing. And it's you can translate for us. It's interesting now. If you want to learn a fun fact, here comes some culture your way. You're going to learn about um, people from here. And when I talk to people that are also from here. You hear uh-huh. my accent more, as opposed uh-huh. to when I talk to people from outside of here, like, like when I us, talk to you all with regular yeah. voices, I speaking still, regular language words. Right, I still have an accent that you can kind of you, you can hear. It's there a little bit. It's not as bad as when I call my parents. And so my wife is from a different area <laughs> and didn't have an accent. So one time she heard me uh, call my parents talking about dinner plans and. I like picked up the phone. I was like, "Hi, hey, how doing? It's me, Dave. Um, we we gonna pick us up from the?" Uh, and she like, heard this whole tirade. Oh, her eyes got big, and she was like, "What the hell?" I also like how mu- how much more lyrical that is. Like the yeah. notes change more. That's mm-hmm. something else I noticed. Like my my wife's mom uh, has a thick accent, mm-hmm. and we joke that the end of every sentence ends with like an entire entire scale of notes. Yeah, especially when when she's like sad or, or questioning something, like she'll say something like, "Well, I didn't know that." No, and I'm like, "You just you just hit an entire octave." I love like, it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, welcome to the show. This show is actually about Fallout, not about uh, accents. And um, this week we both? have why not both? This week we have some news and a Braxo box and maybe a surprise interview because you know how that goes around here and we're still in quarantine in our own individual room so if you're watching the video you can see that we've continued to decorate our rooms and there's still a grandmother's but but here's thing the thing i love the mid-century modern curtain behind you that's like straight like from yeah i i love that mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the little um uh blanket that afghan? you have afghan afghan yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Looks good. Looks good. Anyway, so um, what have you guys been doing in Fallout lately? (laughs) You guys have been playing any any of that 76? We're playing a lot of that. Yeah? Yeah? I know. So I guess since the last time we talked, I did get to join you that one time. And we, we, uh, remember that? We got together. We talked about, we played a, we all sat around in the living room having, having Uh, a game. I'm in the middle of a thing. I'm doing a thing. Um, so for summer, we, uh, we're going to do some in-game roleplay for the podcast with some of our patrons. So we're going to have a scripted episode where they can like play as characters and then interact with our characters. So I built uh, the Sickle Man's Camp Wanna Grind a lot around a lake with uh, a lot of the other aristocracy people. So um, yeah, you joined us that night when we... That was the opening night and we did Two Truths and a Lie, which, yeah. uh, which was yeah. pretty funny. Yeah, but, so we got uh, to hang out, and we also hunted down some of the um, uh, oh, the little guys with the loot, whatever they're yeah, called. Yeah, 
that was uh, the Mole Miner Treasure Hunter event, which mm-hmm. I absolutely loved. Uh, I think it, it was problematic as far as people finding stuff, but if you did the loop, you were pretty mm-hmm. successful. I know that I ended up getting all the plans that I wanted. The uh, the circus trailer one, I really wanted. Because um, it's October, I want to do like a Ray, Bur- Ray Bradbury-esque, uh, you know, uh, like Circus of Evil. Mm. Uh-huh kind of a that's great something, something wicked this way comes so i got that and also the the doors that come with that trailer actually make really amazing double doors they're one of the more unique doors you can get in the game because they kind of open up like that like gate doors um so yeah that doing that event was kind of fun yeah and, and just running around with the the group everybody's of course awesome and it was fun hanging out i need to i need to do that more often uh, my time is kind of limited but yeah, I'll, I'll jump in with you guys again for sure. Yeah. Uh, Let me boot it up on my 2010 MacBook here and see if that'll run. Uh, looks like no. <laughs> are you having Are you having computer problems? Well, no, I can't. <laughs> I was joking about joining in on the thing. And, oh, right, uh, you right, know. right. Because you you're a console guy. That's I live off I live off ancient technology that's prepackaged a lot of the time. Well, I hear you. you know? I hear you don't get anything that was made after 2010 in West Virginia. No. That's just kind of how it works. No. Up there, right? Well, I always say that West Virginia is seven years behind everything. So you know, right now we're doing the Harlem Shake. Um, that's big. <laughs> uh, you did. You doing blanking. the burning? <laughs> uh, some kids were doing it, and I was like, "That's kind of new." On. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. new. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's from if like you, fourteen. You, that's from so long at, ago. If you look into the future, you've got uh, dabbing and a blue shark to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just ready mm-hmm. for everybody to be really into dental hygiene and doing some flossing. Uh, that'll be a thing. It's coming. That's, it's coming. I'm ready so, for it. Yeah, so have you been playing any 76? Uh, I played the Treasure Hunter event, and I spent all of my caps. I had a lot of caps, um, and I was, like, swimming in caps, and then I stopped swimming in caps uh, because I, I tried to buy up as many of those little pails as you could. I found a few of the mole miners, uh, and then... I've kind of, in general, and I think it's it's always good, um, especially from like, because Fallout seventy six is my online game. Um, I don't really. I, I the only other thing that I you don't have enough about, bandwidth to play anything else. I don't have enough bandwidth. I have actually have really good internet, um, <laughs> but that's just because I live in the same street as the, um, you know, the senators that probably um, stand up the internet companies. Uh, oh, but oh. the uh, and the benefits of the city, uh, the. That's kind of the, the online game that I play. So I took a break, um, and I actually I didn't play Fosnot, which is hilarious to me because that's like the biggest event, and I decided to sit out from such a thing. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you can be on the show with us anymore. Listen, let, let me tell you what I did. We might I have put, to kick you out. Let me tell you. I put emulators <laughs> on my Wii, and I played some Nintendo 64 games, and you know what? That was... Mm-hmm. That sounds like a euphemism, oh. putting an emulator on your Wii. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves a good emulator on their Wii, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it's it. a special SD, gift for your you wife. You get an SD card, you you plug that in, and then you get a USB stick, and you put that in, and then you in your Wii, in your Wii, oh with no, emulators. Oh no. So, so uh, right. make sure I you played. get the dong- dongle accessory. That that's pretty helpful. It's pretty, yeah, I would imagine so. Um, but. I, I really have taken a break, and I think it's good. And here's and here's the thing. Here's let me hang, 
soapbox is already coming out. It is okay to take a break from games, especially ones that you really like or ones yeah. that you constantly play, because if you don't, you're going to get burnout and you're going to hate it. Yeah, and but Burnout it, was a fun game. I liked Burnout. I the third Paradise? one was the best. Yeah, third one, well, was, third one was really good too. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but you're gonna get burnout, and so it is okay. I'm here. I'm uh, here. This is. I if you're not watching a video, it's okay to take a break sometimes. He's looking into your soul. It's it's gonna be fine. It's okay. All right, Thank you, Dave. That's, this is me stepping up soapbox. Ken and I played Fosnot. We did. We played it. We got played, some masks. I played a lot of Fashnacht. I got Fashnacht. Uh, I got all, every single other mask except any of the rare masks. I didn't get a single one. And the only one I really wanted was the Raven one uh, because it looks so cool. It looks it look so posh and pompous. Uh, like the Death Claw. The Death Claw looks so good. Yeah, that one. The red one reminded me of Tim Curry from Legend. Remember when Tim Curry played the devil in that that weird Tom Cruise oh, movie? Oh yeah! It was like, <laughs> what a call out! What a wow! That was I'm a, a I'm a child of the '80s. Leave me alone. That was a great a movie. Deep dive. Tim Cruise walking around with that that red shirtlessness, with the shaggy feet. All right. That's what, it, that's what it reminded me of. All right. Yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed Fosnot. It felt a little different this year. I think having. A bunch of level five million people jumping around in their power armor felt different than it did at this time last year. Yeah, there was—I mean, there were the newer players, there were the other guys who had been there forever, and there was this very broad expanse. And of course, everything died immediately. Um, last year, it was a little bit more of a okay, let's get together and fight these things. And like, it kind of felt like most of the time you didn't even have to do anything; you could just be there. And some people were, so they just kind of go idle and just collect stuff every time it popped you know yes the afk disease yeah yeah that felt a little weird but uh the people who were active i felt were super nice i mean there were people dropping extra masks because they already had them and they were like here take, take my extra masks and um people even people just in chat like talking you know making friends and then you know of course the the one uh, female, the one woman on chat who is actually using chat pipes up and then of course all the guys are like, ooh, it's a lady. And then they all start like talking to her and yeah, that happens. Uh, yeah, so those are some of my anecdotes from the time. I also I also enjoyed putting my camp like right there, like real close to it and selling things and kind of making some money off of just like the traffic in the area and also being able to fast travel back to it real quick. Yeah. I don't know if you guys had a similar plan. We had uh, two people in our group that set up near there and did the same exact thing. They were selling stuff out of the vendor. Some of them extra masks and plans and stuff. Last year, I set set up near there and I built, I was building like this little jazz club. Like I was like getting like little candles on tables and these like red velvet chairs, lighting. And there was this one, it had to be a kid of some sort that was like maybe level 15 that was like, I just got this power armor. I'll bet you five caps if I put on this power armor and jump on your floor, I'll break it. I was like, all right, I'll take the ball. <laughs> all right, buddy. That's, it's one of the best, like, random person interactions that I've had of just, like, somebody walking up being like, hey, what are you doing? I just got this power armor. That's so weird. Why would you think that that would work? Uh, it's, it's, it's a kid, you know. I guess. Yeah. Maybe he modded it with explosive vents and thought that they would actually do something other than, you know. I don't know. I just I remember that, and I always think it's funny. So whenever I think of Fasten, I think about the kid with the power armor that's like, "Hey, put your five caps, I can't put your five caps, I break the floor." 
It's cool like kid. A, cool. Yeah. Hold yeah. my beer. All right. Well, this week we've got some we got some news. Telegram news from Bethesda. What's in the What's in the news bucket? Is that a thing? A news bucket? A in news news. Listen, Bureau? let me, let me tell you. What does the news go in? Folder? Okay. Tom, first of all, a herald. A herald carries a trumpet. This is this is obviously mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what does he keep his news in? Okay. Now Is it is it like a fanny pack? Here. A satchel? A satchel? Trumpet. Right, trumpet. And then uh, across he's got he's wearing something with the news in it, right? So he can read it? No, he just know he just knows the news and he uses the trumpet to like get everybody's attention. Ah, oh, so he keeps the news in his noggin. It's a news noggin. Yeah. It's a news noggin. Welcome they, to the news noggin. Like, like a news accessory belt like Batman? Yeah, what if I just had like an accessory belt for different instruments to tell you? Guess what? There's news. Uh this week in the news. Uh first thing that kind of almost came as a surprise, um, and I'm sure it's something that they've been working on at Big Bethesda is two-factor authentication on Bethesda accounts. So you can go online, change your account to have the um, essentially the two-factor auth- authentication, which I encourage every single one of you to do. Um, yeah. And on any of your accounts, even if, not, if you can do it, do it. Um, it's it's getting easier and easier to do that um, with all of the different technology coming out. Um, you can really get some good security on your accounts, especially... Um, uh, PC players. This is all very big news for Dave, being that he's seven years in the past. Yeah. The, <laughs> Related to this was also the um, uh, people thought when the servers went down and everyone was kind of panicking, it was the same day the two-factor authentication came out, and it actually had nothing to do with Bethesda. It actually was was games wide. I think it was an Amazon Web Services issue, but a bunch of games were down, not just Bethesda. Um, people for a while thought that it was something that got screwed up enabling that, but it was right. not. When when AWS, which is the Amazon Web Services, when those go down in general, mm-hmm. that, that could affect PSN. That could affect because at, everybody right. uses them. Everybody, yeah. like they, that is the go-to hosting for yeah. everything because it's so inexpensive. That's and yeah. they have such a capacity. And it's generally up all the time. That's the other right. thing is it's and rare all, when it goes down. All of your private servers and public servers are all run off of AWS. Um, but uh, I'm pretty, I'm 99% sure they've actually specifically stated that that every time you do a, a private server that boots up an AWS instance, and then you run off of that. Um, so get that two-factor authentication so your account doesn't get hacked and you get banned or you lose all your caps or you, you know, they they stole all of your leather legs. Couldn't think of a good thing for that. Because uh, that's, that's what people steal. That's what they steal is they want my leather chaps. They're assless. All right. Uh, patch 20. Uh, some different news with that. Uh, they have kind of modified what they are putting into patch 20. And so they sent out, um, essentially, they, they put a bunch of stuff into the, the PTS, which they've got back up and running again. And they decided to hold back on doing the legendary perk system because there were some issues with I'm pretty sure how those are upgraded or how many you can have. Isn't that correct? In general, it was it was a wide variety of community feedback. Um, I think for the most part, the legendary perk systems underwhelmed people. 
Uh, and then some of the ways that they were implemented, people weren't really happy with that either. So they got a significant amount of PTS feedback on those to the point that they decided to to table it and tweak it and then release it later with some more feedback from the community. But uh, that was actually really positive that as opposed to roll it out and have it be underwhelming for everybody that they listened and you know are, are making some tweaks. The things that are included in Patch 20, uh, one of them is introducing the public team uh, function, which they went into detail with with Inside the Vault, so you can go really find all of your information uh, in-depth for a lot of this on Inside the Vault. Um, But essentially, when you log into a world, you can essentially create a public team, which once you do that, you can set a priority for it. It could be... Uh, let's see, hunting, role play, events, exploration, building, or just like a casual um, situation. And then it classifies what team you have. But then if you set a, I guess, a, a classification for your team, you get bonuses, depending not only on what you've classified it as, but uh, for how many people you have in your team uh, online. I just have to say, casual situation sounds like an innuendo also. It's just a casual public team. It's Why casual- can't it be both? Casual situation. Casual, you know. It even has a little martini glass. Uh, besides, it's, 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 <laughs> hey, I'm having some people having some people over on Friday night for a casual situation. Like team and chill, baby. Yeah, you want to join? Uh, so, what do you guys think about this? I think the the teaming system is fantastic. I know a lot of um, PvP, or, excuse me, PVE players. Um, and role-playing groups are really looking forward to something like that. Um, I think it also starts to build a little bit more in-game community. In the early days when area chat was always on, you had the ability to you know, hear somebody talking over there and you'd go over and introduce yourself and say hello. And in the early days when the game was like that, um, that's how I met a lot of the players that I still even play with today. Since we don't really have that so much and people a, a lot of people don't even bother using area chat now because uh, you hear potato chips and you know dogs barking <laughs> yeah some couple ordering pizza and talking about who was tying up who that was a real thing that happened one night um, it's a casual situation yeah it's a casual yeah. situation um, I think it's it, a casual situation it'll be a good way to that's a to, funny conversation to have while somebody's playing a game anyway oh, go you, on it was hilarious I think I still have the video somewhere um <laughs> I saved it. Uh, you you get people to kind of nudge them towards building friendships in the game, so it's a nice way to, to get players who have been discovering the single-player aspect of Wastelanders, which mm-hmm. they can only go so far with, and then starts to nudge them into connecting with communities and making friends and building teams. It gives them a reason to keep coming back. I like that it frames the purpose of the group. Yeah. yeah. So that you know you know right off the bat, oh, these people are collecting stuff together. I'll go do that. These people are doing events together. I'll go do that. You know, it it gives you a reason for looking for something and for joining rather than just putting something out into the world and say, hey, is anybody doing this? Yeah, I I like that. It makes it it easier to connect with other people. On my day-to-day play, I think my favorite... A way to interact with multiplayer is if I do an event and there's somebody else there and then they we both go to the next event 
that's over there and then mm-hmm. we like chain these events together and then it's like fo- they're doing the follow me emote and it's almost then the team kind of forms and it's like we have something time, in common yeah over that yeah. time it becomes natural with this right. it's like okay i can be a part of this event group and i know that i'm going to run these events it's more you don't have to go through this whole rigmarole of like are they do they like me i don't know if they like me or not like mm-hmm. you you're you know right away if you're getting into a casual event or not a casual casual situation situation right it's coming back round to yeah yeah Mm-hmm. I'm That's curious. What this is all about, really. I'm curious what like what the discoverability is going to be. So like, uh, events, um, and uh, I think are pretty self-explanatory. Casual situations, though, who knows? But what <laughs> does if if you're joining a building group or a role play group? Like, I think that would be cool if you're at a workshop and you're a part of like you join a building group and we're all like like everybody gets together and then it's like oh now we're all playing Legos like yeah <laughs> yeah. From that perspective, that could be an interesting way. And then random people joining a roleplay group, I think would be interesting of like, Mm -hmm. oh, what kind of situation can I get into here? Um, Yeah, probably not a casual one. (laughs) I I wish. We we all need a casual situation every once in a while. Every Uh, once in a while. It's just natural. Right. Uh, Don't wake up with a case of the scorched. Yeah, Yeah, you want to be careful not to get the scorched. That is that is an make sure you're make sure you're vaccinated. Yeah, no, I like the idea of like the role player thing. You can kind of like you know, like if I go hang out with these people, they're all going to be in game as characters. This will at the at the worst, this will at least be funny. You know, like at the best, this may be awesome. Maybe we're all being our characters and having fun together, and then you make friends, and you're like, hey, let's do this again. Yeah. And then you kind of know, like you you start associating that you know. First, you shake their hand, and then you learn where they're from, and then as we go on, uh, the, the other thing that is coming with patch twenty is the introduction of seasons, which we've talked a little bit about, uh, but we haven't really gone into much depth on. I think the score system is something we haven't talked about in particular. We have not. Mm-hmm. We have not. So. With each season, it seems like that there will be a, a almost separate. To me, it seems like, and, and you all may have some different takes on this. It seems like a separate uh, leveling guide, almost like your seat. Like a lot of a lot of things have like your season levels. So like if you play Diablo three, they have like a a season level that you attain. This seems like it is associated with that um, in some respects. Um, it it's interesting because what they're doing and, and a lot of these things that they're doing they're taking bits and pieces from different live games and kind of making them their own they're not fully copying something and so it's hard to interpret what a lot of this is going to be because I mean a, a live game is not uh, is not fully original but some of the stuff that they, they are doing and going through the way that like the, the, the execution I think is very original for them um, I so, love the like a board game concept, the way that that was visualized with Captain Cosmos is really cool. Mm-hmm. Right. So, let's see here. Uh, reading about scores, um, if you complete daily and weekly challenges, they will increase your score and rank up. Um, so the challenges are going to stay. There's uh, many ways that you can earn score points, um, and I think, let's see, there's significant changes to the, the daily weekly challenges, right? Um but they're more straightforward and easier to read, right? So it, 
they're going to be there. That's how you're going to earn your score points. And I think that that would be interesting because I've always enjoyed the option of kind of chasing that, but it seems like that they're going to be a more in a front, uh, more in a forefront that you're going to look at when you log into the game. You're going to start recognizing it's it yeah. becomes part of like unnecessarily grind, but. The one thing that I did like about some of the challenges is they took you to different places in the map and gave you different activities that you normally wouldn't do. Right. And mm-hmm. made you uh, it, it made the experience a little bit fresher. I thought it, it continued to it, it challenged you from the normal, let's say, farming or for legendaries or whatever kind of loot run you were doing. Um, it, it kind of mix that up but there wasn't a lot of reward originally for him but now with the score system and how it relates to your progression through the the season what, what do you call the board what is there like the a game fan? the board game the game the game is life i mean it is Something okay casual so, a casual situation board game uh it, it does look like the game of life. Let's be honest. It, it is. It's pretty much the game of yeah. life. Yeah. You've got like the little blocks and you kind of move through. Yeah. Right. So yeah. What, do you, what do you all think? Are you all excited for this? What's what's your take on all this? I think it's fun. I think um, taking taking daily challenges is, bas- is basically what this is. Taking daily challenges and putting it into a format that is themed and, you know, a fun thing you can watch yourself go through. I, I it makes it more fun. It makes it more forward. It makes it, you know, you can relate to other people. How far are you in the thing? Oh, I'm seven steps in. I already unlocked this thing. Oh, cool. I need to do that. You know, like there's, I don't know. It makes it more of a focus. And for something that is going to be creating regular reasons to come back to the game, once you've done all the quests, once you've, you know, you made your own fun out of it. it. It's it's another reason to chase something. And I know for a fact that when I play games, I play them differently than say somebody like my wife. My wife wants to collect everything. She's she's very much a completionist collector. So to have something like this to kind of guide you through the system and make sure that you pick up everything by doing all the things you're supposed to do is way more effective for somebody who plays games like she does and way more enjoyable. All right. Yeah, it uh, it reminds me the way that the the interaction with the board works. It's like when McDonald's used to do the Monopoly game, where you yeah. get the Monopoly board, and then yeah. with every purchase, like whenever you got something, you get this like little sticker, so you get a prize, but it gets added to your board. This is kind of like that. So as you you progress along the board, you unlock different things like camp items or skins or things like that, and you're working your way through to the final goal, which is probably going to be a cool something if you're going to work your way through um there was as usual um a bit of anti-bethesda uproar in the beginning when it was thought that this was going to be like a pay to win kind of paid battle pass scenario so uh the youtube uh rage lords who make (laughs) six figures uh on anti by their names YouTube rage lords by their names. So they came out with these videos where they're it's like this profanity laced tirade that's against Bethesda, and of course Bethesda clarified their position that no, this is free content. It's always going to be free. If you want to progress further and you can't dedicate a few hours or so a day to make your way through, you have the option of doing that. So uh, yeah, jokes on you, fools. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're the ones cashing the checks, though. So, All right. This isn't no pay to win. This, you know what this is? Casual situation. It's a casual situation. Do you think you get points for joining a casual situation? That might be one of the things. Join an RPG group. Join a casual situation. I think you could probably make a tally. Tally. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Try <laughs> that the stats. Put it on the headboard of your pink, your pink princess bed from the atomic shop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Another conquest. <laughs> Another <laughs> workshop claimed. Claimed. Mm. Mm. Otherwise, I think I think the system works pretty well. Um, yeah. Did you want to note something about rewards? Is there something to note about new info that came out about that? Uh, it's not new, but. Uh, I'm pretty, let's see, I don't think it's new, but, I mean, as you progress through the board, you gain the different um, camp items, costumes, the cosmetics, that kind of stuff that you would find in, in the in the atomic shop. Um, eh, let's see. Uh, so, eventually, you'll get uh, power armor paints, um, some gold bullion. Um, bullion is really fun to say, um, just like the balloon. Um yeah. And so I wonder when they'll bring in the doubloons, just like Bullion. Now, when I played Sid Meier's Pirates as a kid, um, I would name my pirate uh, Davy Doubloon. Uh, that was the my pirate name. So if Dang. I ever go on to a life of piracy, you'll know me by my legendary pirate I mean, that's, name. That's a very scary pirate name. Davy Doubloon. Sounds like I could be in um, a really cheesy 80s movie. Uh, anyways... So they show off in this article some of the different uh, skins, unlocks, things you're able to get, like uh, this fireplace that's a door. Yeah. That's cool. yes. um, and at the end of the season, if you reach rank 100, uh, you'll get a bundle of items. So it's like a big celebration. It looks like you've got uh, uh, Captain Cosmos Monkey Bierstein. Um, you get a poster of the board game itself. Uh, and you get a Galaxy... Strobe. That's not strobe. I wouldn't say it's a moving ball in which it illuminates um, constellations in your room. Um, Yeah. I feel like then I need to set up at like a TL, uh, not a TLC, uh, what a QVC. The TLC is like Chip and Joanne tear down the house, the property (laughs) brothers. Um, QVC, where they have, you know, I need to have like little pictures. I need to bring little pictures and like Uh show it off. Now I've got Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls in my head. Uh, as far as news, let me go back to my news. I believe that that is uh, it. Cool. I yeah, I like the I like the rewards side of it. I like. I mean, everybody just wants the cool skins and the cool items, right? Like that's really the reason to do it. Right. And it's something to work towards, and it's you're denoted by the the amount of time you put into it, and you didn't have to pay. Like you. Yeah. You don't have to pay. This isn't you know pay to. The, the, the game can be paid to look cool, um, but this isn't that. So, yeah, I'm all for it. I think it's going to be great. I think, I think it's a good reason to, to jump in and keep playing. And I hope I hope some of the future themes are really cool too. Like we get like a Grognak board. We get like it would be cool to have like even like an Enclave board or yeah. you know like that kind of stuff show up, and then all of a sudden, like and even have the theme around the things you have to be doing be tied to the board so maybe you're doing more nefarious stuff if you're unlocking things for the enclave board or a raider board and you need to be doing more pvp and you know that kind of thing 
What a mistress of mystery shoots and ladders where you take secret passages yeah. to the next stage. That would be yeah. really cool. That would be. They did say that they were going to theme each each of these seasons, so it's going to be kind of it's going to be cool to see what they come out with for different boards. Yeah, yeah, I think that yes, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I, I mean, especially like the artwork and the things they do around that. Yeah, that kind of stuff. I dig it. I think it's very creative. Um, and you know, I I'm about I'm about playing some board games. You know, I get very vicious. All right, guys. So I've been I've been working on this thing. You know how we're running out of food and stuff in the vault, and we're all still all isolated in our own rooms, and we still can't get out of here. So I figured uh, I yeah, would try I, to I, need, I need triscuits and cheese, like yesterday. Yeah. So I, um, I, I only have limoncello Lacroix. Um, and I'm so sorry. How did did you bring those in here with you? It's been like months, and you didn't even tell us you had those. I uh, I know a smuggler. All right. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing, guys. I'm, I think I may have hacked into, I don't know, some sort of network that is not like isolated to the vault. Maybe I can get us some groceries. I don't know. Here, let me pull up what I've got here. All right. Check this out. Yo, yo, yo. No, no, dude, you're, you nuked me. You nuked me. You were supposed to nuke them. Why did you? Frickin' day. That's the 15th game in a row. He's nuked me. I, I don't think he can see us, though. Is that, is that Kev DeWitt? I think I, so. I think you're what? on the wrong channel, Tom. Wait, who are you guys? Hey, uh, it's us. It's the Fallout Hub guys. As are you the guy that nuked me? No, 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 no. We okay. no, okay. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, no. Uh, I guess we hacked into your stream. Is that? I. Wow. Is that possible? Uh, that's a that's a pretty hefty thing to admit there. Wow, okay. I think with the you power know, of the vault, we can do anything that we set our mind to. Yeah, you, wait, you don't. We have just committed an FCC violation, but it's fine. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm good with it. Do you, so while while we've got you, do you do you sell groceries? You deliver groceries? Is that a thing? I got I got a cup of coffee and I got I, maybe some Narnia movies. If you wanna, do you tell you? Yeah. That's oh. neat. <laughs> that's all I got. Mm. All right. Uh, well, since we've got you here, uh, we're all fans of your content. We think yeah. you do cool stuff. You mind if we ask you some questions? And so you want to be on? We're actually in the middle of recording a podcast. You want to join us? Oh yeah, oh yeah, no, for sure. I, I I'm, I'm playing with these brain dead morons, anyways. I might as well take some time to blow off some steam. Yeah, yeah. Tell them, tell them, uh, yeah. Tell them, screw you guys. I'm no guys, screw record. off. I'm gonna go record a por- podcast. Podcast. A, por- a porg cast. Porg cast. It's, it's a new Star Wars thing with those little birds. Podcast. It's what's for dinner. <laughs> Don't eat the porgs. It makes them sad. Um, well, welcome to the show. Hey, so one of the things we do when we have guests on our show, I don't know if you've heard of the show, but uh, we do a thing where we ask you 12 questions. I'm not going to go through the silly explanation, but we ask you 12 questions to begin with, and then we let you know what your um, the job thing God, words don't work today. What's the, the job, job thing? thing? I'm not going to go through the explanation. The not, I don't even know the word for a job. It's not geck. What is it? It's the test. It's goat. Goat. Ah. Oh, words are not working for me. Okay, so we, we're going to give you some questions here. Are you ready? It's just quick fire, 12 questions. Just go with whatever your first answer is, and we're going to see what, what turns out. Yeah, let's, let's go, go for it. All right, so question number one. If you were a super mutant, what would your name be? Oh, that would have to be uh, uh, Bartholomew for sure. 
that's a very complex name for a super mutant. Yeah. How would you how would you say that if if you were to say I'm I am Barf how would you say that? Bartholomew. Something like that. Very nice. I believe it. I believe it. Oh yeah. Question two. How high can you jump? Cool. Probably like with marsupial? Oh man, like twenty feet. It's great. (laughs) Okay. Uh, question number three. Flying cars or hovercrafts? Flying cars, definitely. Question number four. Would you rather live three lives as three different people or one life that's three times longer than normal? Three times longer than normal, 100%. Mm-hmm. And why is that? Well, because then I would actually get to see... Wait, wait, now I got to rephrase my question. Because is, is it like when I die, I get to jump into a new new person or... Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you're reborn as a new person. Oh, but okay, so that means that... No, I'm going to do the three different lives thing then. <laughs> okay, but why? Why? Just because... I don't know. If you go, if you got three different people, you can experience three different places, three different you know time frames. Be good. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, number five. Why is it that zombies don't lose their lose their pants? Oh, in plain Fallout, there's a lot of pantless zombies. That's true. That's true. But like oh, yeah. in typical zombie movies, how do they keep their pants on? I uh, belts. Every, everybody just had really tight belts when they Everyone's died. Everyone's got belts on. <laughs> like, before I die, let me just rip it up. I don't want to die embarrassed. It, yeah. I'm just going to tighten this around my bone structure. <laughs> yeah. Number six. Um, you forgot Father's Day, and uh, the only gifts left are a match, a shoe, and a paperclip. Which do you give to your dad? Oh, a match. He would love that. 100%. A little survivalist. <laughs> okay. Uh, number seven, which vault would you send your worst enemy to live in? Wasn't there a vault where they were just continuously testing um, different diseases on them? Like, throughout, like, uh-huh. yeah. I'm trying to remember what vault that was. I don't remember the number. I've, I've done episodes on, like, all the vaults, but yes, there, there was one of them. Yeah, that, that, that one, the, the disease one sounds good. <laughs> just give you lots of diseases. <laughs> Might as well. Number eight. How many glasses of water do you drink per day? Oh, that'd probably be like, I don't know, eight, eight to ten. I don't get drink a ton. <laughs> no, that's that's probably a good number. That's good. Uh, number nine. You're stuck in one of those dreams where you have to give a speech in front of the whole school, but you're in your underwear. But instead of in your underwear, you're in a hot dog costume. What do you say next? Oh, dude, I could have the best hot dog promo ever. Like, just like do a straight up Heinz commercial right in front of everyone. That'd be great. Perfect. Number 10. We're getting close to the end. A major cigarette company is rebranding and wants to use your face as the logo. Do you agree? And if so, how much do you charge them for the rights? Oh, dude, I, I would just gouge them. At that point, if they're, if they're asking for my face, I'm going to just ask straight up for $100 million, you know? Let's go, for, go for the big numbers. <laughs> number 11. If you had to go live in a video game, which one would it be? I know a lot of people say Fallout, and I'm like, why? Why would you that would be terrible? It's awful. Everything uh, ends terribly for everybody. It does. It, it's awful. Yeah, you're probably you're probably going to be one of the zombies. Uh, I would say I would say Zelda: Breath of the Wild. I think that'd be a kind of a fun world to be in. Nice, nice. Until and the, the last... giant spider creatures, of course. Until, yeah, yeah but, until that. Yeah. You know, comes after you. <laughs> yeah, and then the last question: What the f is going on? Everything and nothing. Insanity. (laughs) 
Very good. All right, let me put the. Uh, I'm gonna put all this into the computer here, and uh, we'll see what it comes out with. Okay, so congratulations, you are perfectly suited for being a lumberjack. Congrats! Wow. Oh, that's actually what I was going for. I'm happy with that. You know. Well, good. Yeah. Good. 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 Wow. Awesome. That's a good, solid answer. Yeah. Yeah. Lumberjack. <laughs> There's not too many of those anymore, huh? I guess. Wait, not. How do, How does this? <laughs> Okay, I don't know how to equate to a lumberjack in the end, but it's, who it. knows? It's the secrets of the vault. Don't the vault question knows. the system. Listen, this is I'm really tried sorry. and true. Have... Don't question it. I shouldn't have. I'm sorry. One does not simply question vault tech. No, no, they do not. Oh, they go to the disease vault. That's what happens, man. So, um, thanks for de- thanks for deciding to be okay with us hacking into your system to join us on the podcast. Um, totally, fine. I would. Yeah, I, he totally decided. <laughs> I know a lot of our audience probably already knows who you are, but can you give us a little intro and tell tell everybody what you do and where they can see your stuff? Like, what are you into lately? That kind of thing. Into oh, wow. Uh, yeah, no. So for those that don't know who I am, Kev uh, it. I'm a YouTuber at heart, Twitch streamer. I don't know if that's that hard as well. Uh, you can find me just by looking up Kev it simply. I, I do like just any sort of comedy content, lots of commentary driven stuff, and uh, yeah, just a lot of montage stuff, just kind of videos to kick back and chill with, that's for the most part, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've been playing a lot of 76, or have you been doing other other stuff too? Yeah, kind of like, now that like the Wastelanders kind of, you know, dwindling a little bit, I'm kind of heading out into uh, to the, the newer games and all that stuff, but uh, yeah, mostly, yeah. mostly Fallout content. Cool. What other, what other games have you jumped into? Uh, Tarkov, Sea of Thieves, anything that gets my blood boiling, where I just want to like stop streaming immediately when I lose, that kind of stuff. Ah, nice. Yeah. I, you know, I haven't, I haven't tried out Tarkov yet. I've watched people play it. Um, I did jump back into Sea of Thieves recently, um, yeah. specifically because our the newest podcast on our network is called Keelhauled, and it's a Sea of Thieves podcast. Oh, sweet. And once I started talking to them and, and, you know, we started working out them being on the network, I was like, I haven't played that in a while. I need to play that again. So I play it with my son. Yeah. Um, so it's it's fun to be a pirate. Is, is oh, that, yeah. yeah. It's so, a lot so, of fun. It's, it's cross console, which is fantastic. So you get a chance yeah. to play with, like, most of the, the uh, podcast casts, we've been playing that. That's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's solid. It is a lot of fun. It's fun to just be a pirate sometimes and just hang out on a boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Talking pirate things. Arr, hoist the mainsail. The best part is the uh, proximity voice chat. So when you come close to another ship, you can start screaming at them. <laughs> you can start yelling. You're going to go after them and just give them a good spook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very, very true. Um, so you do you do content on YouTube and uh, streaming content. How did you start? Where did Which did you start with? Uh, definitely the YouTube side of things because I didn't even realize Twitch streaming or streaming in general was like a deal until probably three, maybe four years into my YouTube career. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so like definitely, definitely started with the uh, the YouTube side of things. How long ago was that? That was uh, beginning of 2012, actually. So almost, almost eight years, wow. which uh, I think September 3rd was my gaming channel and what a lot of people don't know is January was when I created a music channel that if you searched very hard you could still find that on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, is oh, it your yeah. own your own music? Yeah, yeah, I used to write a lot of my own like uh, I I I could play the piano, the drums and then the ocarina which is just kind of an obscure instrument. Of course. Kind of a <laughs> classic <laughs> trio. Yeah, yeah, classic 
classic ocarina in there and uh i used to like write songs and then i'd slap it online and actually it did pretty well and then and then it just completely died off and i never got any viewers after that point and i'm like i'm just gonna gonna swap to gaming here real quick oh no yeah i yeah. used to i used to tour in a band dave plays music you can tell or at least it what? looks like he plays music oh yeah i was i was he just I likes to keep the guitars, guitars in the background <laughs> No, these are all props. They're just props. That's it. <laughs> you go up and touch them, and they're like, they're like paper yeah, mache. They're just like, yeah, I. They're just okay. paper. Like they're they're painted on there. That's what they are. You know. Oh yeah, kind of like stickers. You know. Yeah, big stickers. Yeah, I'm, with I'm into that sticker life. I, I subscribe <laughs> to the sticker life. It smells like a guitar. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when you started doing game content, what games were you focusing on? Was it just kind uh, of a general channel, or were you focused ooh. on specific games? It was uh, like mostly Minecraft because that was at the time when everybody was was into every. Like it seemed like if you played Minecraft, you could get somewhere if you uh, <coughs> bought views, <coughs> which I didn't do. But uh, like I just wanted, I wanted to be that. So I was like a lot of Minecraft, uh, and then like if a new game came out. So I remember uh, Titanfall. Uh, any of the Far Cry titles, uh, Watch Dogs actually did very well on my channel, even though like it hadn't. I, I only probably had about 300 subscribers around the time Watch Dogs came out. For some reason, it got a lot of attention during that time. So, kind of mostly Minecraft and then variety on the side. Cool. Yeah. I, yeah. I, um, yeah. I don't. I have, I have multiple thoughts about all those games, but I'm not going to derail us into into other game <laughs> stuff. So, yeah. um, so you talk about like 300. Uh, subscribers at that time. What what year was that? Was that still 2012, 2013? Oh, no, I wasn't that successful. I uh, I think I got 300 subscribers in three and a half years. It was uh, pretty wow. bad. <laughs> it took, it's quite uh, the grind. Yeah. Yeah. No, there was there's many moments where I was like, I think I need to, I think I need to put this down. I think it was right when I was at 350. I, uh, I, I either had to kind of, you know, sink or swim. And I had to make a big decision at that point because I was ready to go to college and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So what kept what kept you going? What I mean, obviously you continued with it. How did how yeah, did you persevere? Yeah. I mean, that's I, there are a lot of people who, would, after three and a half years of yeah. of creating content on YouTube, who would throw in the towel. I mean, that's oh, yeah. that's a hundred subscribers a year. That's like it's like a you dollar know, like, an hour. Yeah, yeah no, it's it's really not that. I mean, considering what a lot of people's dreams are when they start creating, you know, yeah. full-time YouTube content, like they have these crazy dreams of like, I'm going to hit a mm-hmm. hundred thousand subscribers in the first year, you know? And it's like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Of course. Right, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that was, uh, that, I think there was like, um, a lot of factors that kept me going. Like, obviously there was times when I'm sitting there and I'd, I'd upload a video and I'd get like 10 views in a week. I'm just sitting there like, why am I doing this? Uh, but I think the, the the major factor that really helped contribute to to me actually not just giving up the the go there was uh, was just not dreaming. I think, yeah. and uh, I, I, I I know it sounds kind of <laughs> just giving twisted. up. Give Except up your dreams. Keep, give up my dreams. <laughs> just keep making content. But you I can't hit them. Uh, no, th- that's the thing. Like I, I think. I saw other streamers and YouTubers, and I'm like, I know twenty thousand dollar months, and you know all that crazy stuff. And I just saw that. I'm like, you know, I don't care about the money, or I don't care about the um, whatever the fame that comes with it, because I know that you know there's always there's always downsides to that sort of stuff. And I just want I just wanted to do it for fun, 
And I think without having any goals, which is another, <laughs> another you know, really depressing thing to say, but like, I didn't have a goal with it. I just, I just was like, you know what? I'm working off to the side. I was working at some terrible vineyard. Trust me, it's a terrible job. I uh, kind of like, you know, you know, making money where I knew I, I, I couldn't make money on YouTube yet. I was like, okay, if I'm going to push YouTube and, and, and like have only a hundred subscribers, uh, I, that's not a smart decision. Cause I'm, I'm not, I'm making a five cents a month. Right. right so it's right. like, and that was, was back when you didn't, when you didn't need a thousand subscribers to even be monetized. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Things have changed, man. Uh, so, so what was terrible about the vineyard? That's what I want to know. Yeah. I, I want to know the vineyard. <laughs> yeah, story. I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, okay, were, you, so, were you picking grapes or were you like serving yeah. wine to like snotty people? So a lot of people are like, oh, you, did you like stomp on the grapes? I'm like, yeah, because that's what we do in 20, 2015. <laughs> uh, that's how it works. <laughs> that's how it works. Uh, no, so basically there's a vineyard um, only about five minutes from where I live. Huge. Uh, it's up on a kind of like a big hill. So basically, you know, the stories of like I had to well, when I was young, I had to walk uphill to school both ways. This Where's is kind of what the vineyard was like. Yeah. It was the rows were probably half a kilometer long each and it was just up this huge steep hill and then you'd walk down it and then up the rows and uh and uh not just picking grapes like i was there from the very beginning so there was still snow up there and uh the first task would be like you'd rip vines the old vines out and the problem is that they whip you in the face almost every single time so i came home looking like i just got into a knife fight like it it just the whole face was scarred and shredded my clothes would be totally ripped up i mean just yeah it just it was awful and i was the only worker there besides the co-boss who kind of just oversaw he's the overseer he didn't really do a whole lot so it was just me (laughs) just sitting out there in the vineyard it was uh it was rough I have this romantic idea about this, like, really, really shitty jobs we did before we went into a new job, or even people still work in those shitty jobs, because, man, I've done some weird jobs of doing strange things. Like, I was a French waiter. I'm not French. I wore a beret. <laughs> I had the... Did you, and then everyone... Did you speak all French? The, did, you, no, did you do, well, like, a French all accent? People, all the people that came up to eat, they were like, oh, can you speak some French? I'm like, I took Spanish in high school. No! So. <laughs> You were like, like, like Pepe Le Pew then? <laughs> I wish. I wish. But our the owners of the restaurant were actually French, so if I did that, I'm pretty mm. sure I'd be fired. You were um, like, oh. and I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> and I got Le fired. Filet mignon. Yes, it's a specialty. <laughs> there was one yeah, time we did serve that. baby pigeons, and I was like, "What is this?" And they were like, "It's a delicacy." I'm like, "Jesus Christ! All right." Fine. <laughs> yeah, most delicacies just prove that the aristocracy is heartless. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Anyway, no, anyway. it was funny. Is my wife actually worked for a fancy French French restaurant as well? She was in late high school and college. Um, anyway, let's get back together. to. Let's get back to. Yeah, somehow you guys work together. That's weird. Do you speak French? Me. Yeah. No, I, uh, I I can say bonjour. Trust me, French. I can't learn other languages. I just uh, three years required in Canada to learn French, and I I learned I got nothing out of it. I'm so bad at other languages. Yeah, me too. Me too. So let's get back to uh, YouTube. <laughs> when? Right. Um, so when when did your channel really start picking up? When did you notice that like you were gaining momentum? So that would have been uh, twenty. 2015. Uh, it was it was around the, the beginning of the summer, and I basically was faced with a choice because my channel was sitting at about, like I said, like 350 subscribers or whatever, 
and uh, it wasn't like I had no videos over like over 5,000 views. Like in three years, I could not even I could not even get a video over 5,000 views. Uh, it was just I, I felt really kind of like drained of it, and I felt like I had to make a choice at this point. That even though I, I loved making videos, like it was it was all about you know creating the content for me, not really getting the views. Um, I realized that if I didn't if I didn't uh, work hardcore and make money, I couldn't go to college. You know, and um, I think uh, when I was when I was watching my YouTube channel, kind of just sit there, kind of stagnant. Uh, I was like, you know what? It's either I it's either I give this up. Or, or you know, or something happens, like something miraculously happens, and I, I just it just takes off, and uh, it's exactly what happened. I ended up, uh, I said a little prayer, send it off. A month later, my channel took off with Elder Scrolls Online, and uh, and all of a sudden, I was making enough on YouTube to actually go to college, and wow. uh, and yeah, it was just like that. It, it, one month made all the difference in the world. It was so- either. What what are the names of these YouTube gods that we need to pray to, and what kinds of sacrifices do they require? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I think the gods are forsaken people. Things are probably different now. I imagine. Oh, I, <laughs> I just run out back and sacrifice the goat. No, I, it was um, it was interesting because it was like it was that month, right? Like it was either I, like I had that sort of uh, I don't know what the word is for it, but uh, like one month I had a time frame, and it was like if if it does if something doesn't happen, it, I'm done. I'm just gonna. Uh, nobody knows who I am right now, anyways. If I just slipped out the back door, nobody knows, right? And uh, that month, yeah, everything changed at that point. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. can you can you connect that to any changes that you made? Did you did you just start making? You mentioned Elder Scrolls Online. Did you just start focusing on a different game, and all of a sudden that gained more traction? Were you making better quality videos? Were you engaging with the community in a different way? Like, what else could you attribute that to? Do you think? You know, I when I look back to it, I don't know. Like, I really like that's why I'm saying it was something just yeah. crazy out of the blue because uh, I didn't change how I made videos. I didn't change my commentary. Like, that's one thing that like I, I never wanted to change. Like, who I am as a content creator, I never want to change my style. Like, I always want to be who I am from the very beginning to the very end. And uh, and and it's like I the the dumb thing is that Elder Scrolls Online was horrendously hated like unpopular to like yeah. it, that was when it was like first coming out and everybody just yeah. hated the game because it was yeah, so it bad yeah. subscription based like it was awful and uh, so I just I just quickly picked up they had copies for five bucks because nobody wanted to play the game and it had a three month uh, subscription when the subscription was still there so I activated it uh, three months before it went like subscription free so I was I got the edge on everyone and uh, I just made a random video. It was terrible, but it was it was actually terrible. Like I just I was just goofing around in the game, and for some reason it got traction. Like I don't. I, <laughs> it was the first time I'd ever made an Elder Scrolls video, and it gained traction. It was just insane. Wow! Wow! Yeah, that's crazy. So, yeah. um, you've been in the content creation stuff with YouTube for a while now. So how? Oh yeah. How do you? How do things compare to the way YouTube works now compared to the way back then? Do you do you notice any differences? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. It changes every month, every week. It feels like uh, the so biggest difference. I've yeah. heard a few of Kevin uh, Kevdewitt's really frustration. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. I <laughs> I get frustrated at YouTube just the way they run things. Like, right now, it's it's all about uh, buying. Um, promotions because like when google and youtube kind of became a thing like versus back in the day uh 
And I was talking to a, a Minecraft YouTuber actually has like 2.3 million subscribers. And uh, I was saying like, like, how did you guys get this? And he's like, some of them grew up legit because they grew up uh, and grew because of the other ones who are actually buying views and buying subscribers. And he said what they would do back in the day, because you, you couldn't get caught as easily. You would buy just millions of views. And then once the, the millions of fake views started translating to real views, then you would like stop buying views. And that's how people would grow. Right. Uh, now that they've caught on to that nowadays, what you do is you buy promotions and that's how you grow your channel now. And uh, and so for me, like I like I've never done any of this stuff. And so it's it's it can be really hard because um, I've always wanted to just grow a genuine channel without having like, you know, a million yeah. views from people that like saw your advertisement, but they're not really watching your video for you that you're just kind of uh, a side thing. You're, you're the, right. Uh, right. the opening band, right? Yeah, it seems and, it seems uh, very temporary. It is 100 yeah. percent temporary. That's yeah. why like so many people, they 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 grow off of one thing and then they totally sink. Like you, you notice that like maybe five percent of the Minecraft YouTubers who had all those millions of subs maybe made it and, and decided to go to Fortnite to, to take that steam um, instead of just pushing Minecraft because that's all they knew was popular. Right. Right. And uh, so for me, I just I've I kind of I feel like I'm kind of like on the sidelines watching all this happen because I'm never really like dabbled with okay like i'm gonna pay three thousand dollars for a month of promo or whatever right sure, like sure and that's yeah. what i yeah like, so yeah. youtube well, definitely I think, I think most people who legitimately care about their content and legitimately care about the games and the community want to be legit like that's yeah. right like, like that's the goal is like create yeah. something that's real actually engage with the community because i mean ultimately yeah maybe you make more money if you do it the other way but yeah. you're not like once that comes out and people are like, oh, well, you cheated the system, you're, yep. n- you're no longer authentic in the eyes of, of your viewers. Well, yeah. Like, where does that translate to in the end? Like all this money that people have put into this stuff typically ends up in the viewers. They'll stick around for a bit, but like they're not like, you know what? You could have uh, like I always say, like the Fallout community and the Kev Do It community, which I want to keep very, very separate. I want to have Fallout people enjoy my content, but I never want to say that we are one in the same. Right. And that's what sure. I feel like a lot of people will do with that those kind of like paid, you know, advertisements, right? Like you saw their advertisement on the video of one of your favorite YouTubers. So you went over to check them out and you know what? They're not really your community. They're they're from the other community just kind of watching you because, you know, you're temporary. You're 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 trending, right? And and you're going to lose all that. On the escalator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the other community. The other community. <laughs> <laughs> so at some point you made a transition over to Twitch. Yep. When did that start? That would have been um, 2016. When did Rothgar come out? Maybe, no, maybe it was the end of 2015. Yeah, 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I started streaming because some people were saying like, like oh, we want to see you do stuff live because, well, there's like two, two sides of the community. One of them was like, um, we don't actually believe you. We believe you're a hacker. Uh, because I was spending so much time on the game that I, I got pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Line. People were like, you're hacking. No, that, just, that, that is a legit oh, yeah. thing that happens. You get good enough at something and people can't believe that you're that good. And oh, yeah. then, you know, back in the day, like I'm, I'm talking like 2004 with like Counter-Strike Source, I was yeah. actually okay enough at the game that like that, that would happen. People would be like, yeah. 
oh, k- kick this guy. He's a hacker. And I'm like, no, dude, I can hear your <laughs> footsteps. I just turned the sound up. <laughs> like, yeah, but, but Tom, you are a hacker. You hacked into the stream again. Well, I am now. Yeah, that's why he's not that's believable right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah nobody's going to trust me ever again. But then again, you look at how well I play games online when I when I do stuff, and there's you're going to have no doubt that I'm not hacking because <laughs> it's not that good. Yeah. So, no, was, so what was that transition like? Did uh, you know, like you're used to? So, first of all, you have a very different setup, right? In a yeah. YouTube video, everything's you're predetermining everything. You're recording yeah. the content. You're you're voicing over it, or you're talking to a camera. You know, you're, that setup yeah. is very different. When you're streaming, that's live, and oh, yeah. it's. I mean, if if you spend two hours, three hours on a video, that's time that you can split up. You can do it at your own pace. When you're yep. streaming, you're live in front of people and you got to keep the energy up. Like, yep. What was that like for you? So I would, I would usually lose my voice about two hours into the stream every single time uh, in three hour streams. So I was, I was totally like, like just can't even talk by that point. And, yeah. uh, and people, people didn't like it. People, a lot of actually, <laughs> I got a lot of hate on Reddit because, um, People don't realize that when you edit a video uh, for YouTube, it's not uh, unedited. <laughs> they just think, oh, yeah. this is, you know, this is, I'm going into the, his stream expecting those fine cuts and those every, a joke every single second. And just right. no. people have these high expectations of right. YouTubers on Twitch, which is why Markiplier at 20 million subscribers on YouTube pulls about 3,000 viewers when he streams on Twitch. Because right. people don't see that side of the YouTuber very much, and that's why it's typically easier to trans, uh, translate like the other way around. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was rough because like I it was uh, it was rough for about the first year because I couldn't really I couldn't break that mold of people just and their expectations of what I should be on Twitch. Everybody wanted to be who their other favorite ESO streamers were, and I think right. that really uh, that was rough for me because like they didn't a lot of them wouldn't talk to their audience a lot of them would yeah. play the game basically it was the whole dynamic of like we want to see you play but we don't want to hear you talk at all like don't don't speak don't don't commentate don't make jokes keep this serious and that's kind of like what the audience was and uh, huh. i didn't like that at all <laughs> yeah so. i don't yeah. i i i from my perspective as as a twitch consumer and also streamer like i i am not drawn to watching streams where somebody just plays and doesn't interact with yeah, yeah, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't make sense i might, might as well be watching a video of somebody right. playing and not talking it doesn't like why am i watching something live it doesn't make yeah. any sense yeah. um so yeah it, i totally get that whole like well if i'm gonna be streaming i want to like that's like i'm not by in, by any means a large streamer you know um uh, all three of us i'm sure have dabbled in things like that and you know i get a, we are podcasters first we have some YouTube content and sometimes I stream. And the reason why I stream is in order to have a chance to talk with people. It's to be social, you know, like, so did you find that that was, that was true for you too, that eventually it shifted? Yeah. So like the whole, the whole year was me basically battling those people. Like that's all it was. It was just, um, and I would actually pull good viewers, like, because I had, I'd come up in the ESO community so out of the blue. And within my first two years, not even two years, it was probably a year and a half, I passed every single YouTuber um, in, in, in subscribers that was on YouTube at the time, uh, and, and numbers-wise at least, which, you know, that, that can only go so far. Um, and and so people wanted to see why, what I was doing, you know? So they were always on my stream. 
And and then when they would come in and I'm just I'm just enthusiastically playing the game and making jokes every two seconds and, and not really caring about if I'm good or bad or or whatever. Right. Um, it hurt for about the first year because people, even though there's about like 300 viewers a stream, like it went I, I was more successful then than I am now. And uh, it was just basically battling these people until they started to realize that they enjoyed it. And um, <laughs> oh wait, yeah. this interaction yeah. thing with the streamer is actually fun. Whoa. Who Whoa. knew? <laughs> Who knew Twitch was for that? <laughs> and uh, and so it was interesting because I, I I battled it and it was a hard fought battle for about a year to get people to finally be like, dang, this is actually fun. And I, I told people we did we did a test one stream and I said, all right, because um, somebody somebody made the comment at the point. Uh, in one stream where people were already enjoying it, but it was, there's still a couple people that would come in that were like, like I, I don't want to hear you talk. I just want to see you play the game. So I, I'm like, all right, we're going to do five minutes of silence. And on a stream, I mean, you know how long five minutes is. Like, yeah, that feels <laughs> like an long, eternity. Oh, yeah. it's eternity. And I did that. And people hated it. They yeah, hated it. It doesn't They're make like, any sense. Did yeah. you tell those people, hey, there's a mute button. Just hit mute. Buddy. No, yeah, I've, I've, <laughs> that was like, a common. Yes, just don't look at my face and hit the mute button. Yeah, it's the exactly. same. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. Like people started to enjoy it, and then I started to get more viewers from that, and uh, and that was interesting because like streaming is not my my like forte. Like video editing is kind of where I, I think I excel at greater in the kind of creation center. Whereas versus streaming, I just kind of do what I want, and I'm not really like I'm pretty go with the flow and you know even the other day I streamed I think I played five different games in a five hour period of time which is a complete no 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 you're not supposed to do that you're not supposed to do that you're supposed to just play one game and don't change it because everybody knows if you change games you're going to lose half your audience yeah exactly right yeah Yeah. and that's the thing like I was like but that's just kind of what kind of streamer I was and you know it was interesting because I I did eventually swap obviously from ESO uh, into other games but uh, you know streaming was definitely I, I definitely started to enjoy it especially at that point when people enjoyed it more than I could enjoy it a little bit more instead of having you know butt heads with everybody every two seconds you know mm-hmm. but, yeah. so so in connecting with your audience like talk a little bit about that like what is your I mean, you're talking about making personal connections with people actually talking to them on stream yeah that sort of thing do you, when and you say and you're talking about like your community what is that? What does that really mean? Is it is it interacting with people on stream? Is it a Discord thing? Is it on social media? Do you do you have like a home base? Like, how does that work in your in your environment and what you've constructed? I think about that because uh, when I when I think about my community, I just I just want to think about just the people that you know they're they're there if you're playing Fallout or Minesweeper, you know. Mm-hmm. Like and and I wanted to create a, a place where those people can like connect and I, I I do have a Discord so it's not a very lively Discord because you know because definitely I've I've made big game swaps and so a lot of people like just flow out as soon as I'm out of there but uh, yeah connecting with my audience you know it's 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 really about providing like you know a safe space for them because like my channel has never been about um, I, I I'm never gonna be the best Fortnite. Warzone, whatever player, right? Like, I just, I, I can't grow a community based off of skills, which I see a lot of people doing these days. And I feel like they're there for the skill, not the streamer, right? Right. Uh, or the uh, the content creator. And and like even Ninja sees it now. Like it's like he's swapped to other things, and his definitely a lot of those kids have like started to dwindle out and go to the people that are still playing Fortnite or whatever. Like you know, you just lose so much of that. I just, I just hated that concept, you know. 
like just you know never actually having uh, a sound community that's like that's just there through thick and thin right yeah. um yeah and it's like so, they're not there for your personality they just yeah. want to look at your boobs you know yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so like with uh, with uh, with streaming i just you know i i just want to focus so much on on my viewers like that is it like i i don't mm-hmm. care like if if uh if you know if there's a certain audience wanting to be there for a certain game right all the time i i can't always entertain them because i know that i'm going to lose them the minute i swapped anything else and that's just a bad business choice at the end of the day but it's also a bad choice for my audience who who doesn't want to see me as a content creator kind of just meander on through a game that i'm you know whatever you know i'm not really passionate about and uh and so at the end of the day i just want to focus on like my community like being able to be there relating through all the inside jokes that a, a community can create because that's very important like having inside jokes you know i reference back to germa uh 985 who's one of my favorite content creators because he can do anything and people love it anything and mm-hmm. and it's just he's just so spontaneous and variety focused and he just has this absolutely like obviously he's not millions and millions of people but he has such a dedicated community of people that will be there for him through thick and thin I'm like, yeah, it's just it's just a family, and that's that's kind of what I want to focus on is on my community, just keeping a family aspect and knowing that like I, I as a content creator want to be there for their entertainment and not just to, to make money or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like, all about uh, authenticity. Yeah, like I, I watch Call Me Kevin a lot, who who has a massive fan base, but yeah. he does the same kind of thing where people watch. He could be playing Minesweeper or you know reading the newspaper or watching TV. And because yep. he is so organically funny and connects so uniquely with his audience, he can yep. do anything and changes around and people follow him regardless. Yep. So he's created that same kind of vibe that you're going for. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And you're talking about people coming on and expecting like uh, this like high level skill. I'm kind of going to build you up and break you down a little bit. Um, the ESO guide videos were something that I was watching back in like... 2016 2017 around there and that was just by discoverability of typing in eso guides or guide like starter right those keywords and such but i think people get confused when they see somebody making a guide because your guides are very accessible they're filled with your brand of comedy but are also Mm -hmm. from a level where you're not going too hard into it to be confusing um yeah and people understand that and they get that but then when they i think maybe watch you stream and they learn that oh he's not the top number one of of this particular thing then there would be that disappointment but i think that people have to forget that maybe it's not the best like the people that are teaching people are maybe aren't the best at the particular game that it's maybe their their skills about really communication in general so it's interesting that you say that that's kind of like that happened to you with some of those people that are really obsessed with skill. Yeah. If you can't do, teach, right? Well, and I, if I could build on <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, you can't do. We're just here to, yeah. There's the teardown. I built you up. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's, that's the that's phrase the people thing. say about it. Like, yeah. no, that is the like. I'm gonna tell you right now. Anybody that's creating content, don't go that route. Like, like exactly right. what you said. I agree because, um, I did. I did the skill thing uh, mm-hmm. I, I actually got so good at Elder Scrolls Online PvP that like I was I could just fight numerous players all at the same time without breaking a sweat I, I would joke through the whole time but the problem is with skill 
comes exactly that audience that's there for you. They're only right. there to watch the skill. So when you fail, they make sure you know it. And they they try to teach you, you know, this is where you went wrong. I'm like, I know where I went wrong. But um, they uh, the problem with the, the skill-based thing is that there's so much riding on your shoulders. And that is ultimately why I quit ESO, 100%. I, I got so... Yeah, like it was it was ridiculous. I, I got yeah. so good at the PvP, not to float my own boat, but I was I was there because I wanted that. And I'm telling people, don't mm-hmm. do that because you get to a place where um, you get frustrated easily. You get very toxic. And I I had this one stream. I, I've deleted the stream because I said something to somebody that I, I killed in PvP. No, they killed me in PvP. I was out there. I was I was not having my best time. You know, people were just so good, right? I could never keep up with these people. He was playing a cheesy class. He was just using all that kind of stuff that just just could kill you in a second. Templar? You know, it's, it's in the game, whatever. Templar. And yeah, this guy just completely <laughs> destroyed me, just decimated me. And I said something to him that hurt him so bad live on camera and I meant it 100% because I was so toxic at that point and I, I, when I said it I bit my tongue, I apologized and I ended the stream, I, I deleted the VOD and I'm like I gotta quit, I'm yeah. done like this is like this is not who I am Like I've actually mm-hmm. drifted to the point of being who, I, who I'm not anymore and that is not a good place to be and the skill the, 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 the want to be the most skilled player because people expect that of you uh, it, it just destroyed me, hundred percent. It becomes I toxic. Would, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like an addiction, so and you you end up building pressure around it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, hundred percent. It makes you, a lot of you sense. You step back and you and you take a look at, at at what your content is, and I've yeah. I've gone off the deep end of something, and 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 have you know gotten in that place where it's like, am I actually like putting out like joy, and not necessarily mm-hmm. like optimism in general, but just like, am I entertaining people? And yep. it's it's like what people want to watch and the answer is probably no that i'm not either entertaining them or i'm probably reinforcing really terrible behavior at the same time and we all get there because we all make mistakes but it it, it's good to 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 evaluate that and see where you're Mm -hmm. at and and make those changes and and i mean kudos to you for recognizing and being like oh you know hey i'm in a headspace where i but shouldn't be doing this i mean that that takes (laughs) a lot yeah it was it was a rough time yeah so let's transition to the Fallout. When did you yeah. when did you start playing Fallout? So uh, I actually played a ton of Fallout Four when that first came out. I was still very much in the ESO scene. I, I tried doing a playthrough of the game. Uh, it was it was like not as heavily edited as my other stuff. It was still edited. Like I cut out all the boring walking in between places and whatever, and I uploaded a couple of videos on that. And it didn't protect like it didn't do very well at all. Like I was, uh, I was like, eh, okay, well, you know, people in my audience aren't really interested in Fallout, so I'm just going to kind of fix that. And um, it was probably around the time Fallout 76 came out, so I was in the I was in the beta. If you if you remember how beautiful and mm-hmm. lively mm-hmm. that was, mm-hmm. um, I I made a video just killing players. Like that's I, I dedicated my whole beta period to just just killing players that had no idea what they were doing. And uh, and that video took off, and I was like, okay, so maybe maybe I got a little bit of a you know something going on here, and so I made some more videos, and they did actually pretty well compared to my ESO. They were rivaling my ESO stuff because ESO was also losing a ton of support because they were just making crazy changes that people didn't like, and I didn't like them either. And so I was like, okay, you know what? Let's try to do some Fallout stuff. And then it, and then I did one video where I nuked a level ooh, level five player. 
uh, and he was the only guy I nuked. And I, I, I just, I launched a nuke at this kid, and that video took off. Like, oh, it, no. it took off, man. And I didn't care. I, I had so many people so ripped off at me. How could you do that to this poor, innocent child? Like, like, oh, I was, like, was it a kid, too? Did you have voice? Could you tell it was a kid? No, I have no idea who it was. It was just I mean, some just poor little, little level five. Level you know, five I just player, yeah. I just view those yeah. guys as little tots. You know, I'm picturing I'm picturing like a little kid being like, "Oh, it's that bright thing coming down from the sky." <laughs> oh no, exactly. I'm on fire! <laughs> I, th- yeah. I think it's interesting that that there's a section of the community that sees that that like, in general PVP, and they're yeah. like, "Oh, why would you do that?" But I think so in content in content creation, sometimes as long as you know how to do it correctly without being a total asshole it's really fun yeah. to be the heel like in oh, yeah. general when it comes 100%. to like nuking a level five player like that's hyperbolic and so that's oh, yeah. fun and so i yeah. get why why that had so much interaction oh yeah it was it's still one of my most popular videos to this day and i think that that's where people were like this guy's this guy's crazy like he's he's like and the thing is I, it's funny because so many people that hated me for that video just hated me uh, they became some of my biggest supporters because <laughs> they were just like, <laughs> you, you raised your hand, Chad? Yeah, that was the first video that I found. That's how I found you. <laughs> yeah, nice. I think I, I think thought it was I thought it was funny, but then uh, <laughs> like I'm a fan of Kazamati's trap camps. Every time right. he does a video, where like he just kills people. It's yep. it's his his builds are so ingenious that it's just kind yep. of funny. And you have to take it with a grain of salt. There's oh, a difference yeah. between that and like being some kind of like toxic grief or douche. Yeah. No, I get that. I mean, I've had buddies get grief before. It's just it's just awful cuz like it's like yeah. it's like being griefed in a in a in a sloppy fashion that's like it's not like if I die to a player and it's insane. Like when I even when I die to hackers in nuclear winter and I see this guy flying around with a minigun, I'm like, I'm not even mad. That's that's kind of kind of cool. But, yeah. It's like, well, whatever. Yeah, it's <laughs> got 50 kills. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like I was like, you know what? I got to I got to keep up with this train. So I just kept doing stupid stuff in Fallout. Like that's all I focused on was like, what is the next dumb idea that somebody can get really mad at me at? Just because, like, and not, like, mad at me in a way that I feel guilty because I did something that dumb, but just, like, the people that are, like, kind of kind of sensitive, like, that's my audience. Like, that's why I kind of want to peek because I want to I want to get them watching so many of my videos that they eventually just say, this is just who he is, and just kind of kind of follow for that. And um, and so I kind of, I, I did a lot of insane stuff that would just, not not so much, like, player killing, but just, like, screwing screwing with people or or doing that sort of stuff. And then... People wanted Fallout 4 content, and they, and then all of a sudden, I just, I just had a Fallout audience. Like it just kind of quickly transitioned, and ESO was out, and Fallout was in. It's crazy. Wow, wow. So that transition came pretty, pretty natural then. Did yeah. You, did you find that yeah. the audience was different? I mean, yes. y- during oh, all yeah. this time, you're interacting with them on Twitch and things. Yeah. So I'm not gonna lie. It was scary because it was about it was about a two, three, three month period where. Uh, it was the worst month I'd ever had on YouTube, ever, and Twitch, because uh, I kind of told people after I got, got kind of toxic in, uh, in in ESO, I'm like, I- I'm done. Like, I can't play this game anymore. I got it. I got a dip. And I remember within that month, I lost 700 Twitch subscribers immediately, just out of, out of the blue, just gone. And I, I started getting DM'd. I closed my DMs on Discord because like, I was starting to get death threats. I was getting oh, email. My business email was filled with death threats. 
Uh, and the, the thing is, at some point as a content creator, you just kind of get used to it because you know that they're not serious, but it's still it's still sucky. You know, it's still sucky to see yeah. that people view yeah. you that way. You know, it's like, it's crazy. I mean, we talk about this with our soapbox portion, but it's it, the the extremes that people are willing to do to yeah. emote at you about mm-hmm. something that you know. I mean, yeah, we all love games, but at the end of the day, it's. A hobby like it's, it's a game it's a game you yeah. know there are other things in life that are more important like what were they I, I don't understand what they were mad at you for for stopping playing the game or? yeah so there's always these the thing is like when you got an Bro. audience there's always people that do not ever talk at all they won't comment they won't twitch chat nothing they watch your videos and that's it and they and a lot of them uh i believe get this sort of entitlement i want to say it's a weird mentality it's an entitlement ownership. to your videos right? ownership yeah ownership yeah, yeah. like that yeah. you that i For something that you don't even pay for exactly right yeah and like i felt like i had done my justice for eso for four what was it, three years I, I can't remember now i'd made so many videos like i felt like i had really like made an impact on the community that i was a likable content creator i guess and and it just so easily showed me that i can't always trust that you know you're just a likable person because there's so many people on the back burner that don't speak until you do something drastic and then they just they just won't let you forget it ever they just want to make you feel terrible about making this decision make you feel terrible that because like, you took something away from them right yeah i'm, I'm, yeah. I'm oh well, how dare you there. take this away from me now yeah. i don't have it anymore well, yeah exactly <laughs> all right yeah it's yeah it's it's, yeah. A, it's a twisted self-entitlement I think issue that like a lot of like really unspoken people and I'm not saying never now I'm not generalizing like I'm just saying there's right. certain people it's, that do it's that. It's a very small percentage of the demographic but they are very yeah. loud when they're when they're angry. Oh very. Yeah, no, yeah. hundreds of messages. Th- thousands probably. Like it was it was ridiculous. Like I was just I just I just proved to me like you know what like I really gotta you know not look into this so I, I was just deleting mass message I would never open them nothing just don't let that get to your head just kind of kind of ignore it right and yeah. um yeah so it was it was definitely like not a smooth transition from one game to the next I would say because uh, I think every community has that aspect if you're if you're kind of dipping out and going somewhere else they're, they're, that's gonna happen um but you know what like. It probably took about three months before this stuff really started to to roll, and I was like, okay, I can actually do this now. But like, there was a, a period there where I was like, just so much self doubt. Like, this is never gonna work. Like, I'm so yeah. hated. Nobody's gonna let me show them, you know, what I can give them, even in a different game, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you do you find that um, <clears throat> one of the things that you're constantly competing with, especially when it comes to an audience, but also things like the algorithm of how. Mm-hmm. YouTube promotes yeah, your stuff. Super complicated now. I mean, you're going from <laughs> you're going from YouTube going, okay, this is a content creator who does Elder Scrolls Online and maybe some of this other stuff to okay, he's no longer making those videos. They're still there, yeah. so it still promotes them. But now you're doing this other thing. How did it feel like it took a while for YouTube to figure that out? Because it's all <laughs> it's all automated, right? Oh, like yeah. as soon as you start posting videos, and this is you know my limited experience, being I'm not as big of a content creator, but I do know that if you post videos that don't perform as well, then they can actually affect your other content. Oh yeah. So how long did it take to shift and really? you know, adjust. You're so, saying a few months. Yeah. So those definitely those three months. And then it's even today, I still suffer from it. Uh, <laughs> suffer is a harsh word. Um, <laughs> the, the algorithm is, it's like trying to ride a horse on a surfboard in a volcano. It is 
the most intense and confusing situation that you could find yourself in because you're like, I thought I understood this for one millisecond and then everything changes. Uh, and uh, and that was that was the, the algorithm when I was swapping from ESL because it, I, I swapped at the worst time too because the algorithm was even having problems with content creators who had been creating the consistent Minecraft Fortnite content. Like it, people could not be seen even by their own audience. And um, and then here I am trying to <laughs> swap to a whole new game. Yeah. Um, what really helped my channel though was was clickbait. Like I, at the end of the day, I know people hate it, but clickbait, man, it is it is the one of the only ways you can get seen on YouTube. Because right. right. you forgive it, people forgive it if oh, the yeah. content is good enough. If it's good enough, and if that's it's good exactly. enough, they're like they don't think about oh the thing I clicked yeah. on doesn't a hundred percent relate or was yeah. a little clickbaity. If the content's yeah. good, people really just don't care. It's when exactly. the content's bad and they feel like they were tricked. Yeah. Well, and see, that's you don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to like kind of get these people like festering some sort of hatred towards your channel because. If you d- upload too much, you can also grow an audience that's only there to hate you, and uh, <laughs> and that's like that's a scary thing too. Yeah. Right. And uh, <laughs> so with Fallout, I just knew okay, it was clickbait, killing players in the Fallout seventy six beta, nuking a single player, uh, whatever, like all that kind of stuff. Like it was, it was there was truth in the clickbait, but it caught your attention, and mm-hmm. that's where I felt like you know. Um, that's where I had to go, and that's the only way the algorithm was by myself. It wasn't by tags. It wasn't by anything else except yeah, for a very rate. convincing title. It's the click through rate. I think that yeah. works for your high energy too. Like seeing like this outrageous title, and then your personality in the videos is outrageous. <laughs> and so I think that aligns more with the title itself. I'm curious yeah. though. You said that the audience changed from from Elder Scrolls into in, in Fallout. Is it more lighthearted, would you say? I'm not trying to, like, oh, let's compare which which audience is which, but would you think it would be more lighthearted? What are some of the differences, do you think? Um, So... I, I think you get the, the the true colors are shown when you um, when you do something drastic for sure. Uh-huh. Because with right. Elder Scrolls Online, for the longest time, I was like, everybody's so kind, everybody's so perfect, mm. until you do something that just like it, like even just threatens the game in the slightest. I made fun of uh, of Elder Scrolls Online uh, in, in in the same way I would make fun of Fallout because I I'm passionate about each game. Right. And I like to see it grow, and I believe that through my sense of humor, I can kind of say, like, hey, this isn't so great. I'm going to joke about it, but, like, let's do something about that. And people would just lose their minds. Like, it was, like, in Elder Scrolls Online, it was it was probably a little bit um, harsher, especially leaving that game. Like, people were just, there's so many unspoken um, people that just they get so mad at you. And it was definitely harsher. Uh, when you when you kind of uncover that side of the audience, but during it, it was actually it was actually pretty okay. Like I could actually poke fun at Elder Scrolls Online and get away with it. Like even from players that were pretty passionate about the game, I could still get away with that. Fallout, I can't do that as often because I made one video that was was pretty much to make fun of Fallout just because of something they had done, and that was like a year ago. And I wasn't I wasn't meaning to come across as like hateful. I know a lot of people. You know, they, they view my channel as, as a hate, another Fallout 76 hate channel quite often. Uh, but I was just meaning to say, like, this is not done well. It needs to change. And I I'd never seen so many people so just angry at something that was broken. Like, they're like, no, the game is perfect. Shut up and, and, yeah. and give us, you know, yeah. nuke another player. Like, like yeah, they there, There's a completely a difference between constructive criticism and just 
blatant hate. Like yeah. those are two very different things. Right. One's meant to uh, identify and fix, and the other yeah. is just to tear down. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. And I feel like the Fallout community at that point, and certain viewers would get much more agitated much quicker, and and most of them wouldn't even watch the video to see what it's about. They wouldn't see like, oh yeah, you know that's that's completely broken and misplaced and completely destroying the game. And if people abuse that, well, <laughs> that's not great. Uh, they don't see that. They just see this is a big problem in the title right, and then right, they just they right. just lose their minds. Right, they don't know? even watch the... I had a, a video that went up uh, a week or two ago and somebody commented on something, but it, I, I clearly stated at the beginning this thing and mm-hmm. I was like, <laughs> I just politely, try, politely responded, well, I did address that at one minute and 30 seconds, but if you didn't skip that part, then you wouldn't have noticed, <laughs> you know, like... Yeah, yep. <laughs> like Just watch yep. the video, guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, think there's a, I think there's a lot of crusaders for, uh, really on, on both sides of the issue that are you always see on Twitter like the constant and it's anything Bethesda does and it's like oh yep. I, Todd Howard blah 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 me 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 you know like yep. and you have those people that are always there you have the people that are very like you will not criticize this thing <laughs> that I like when yep. really in actuality most content creators it's like whenever the power armor glitch happens where we all look like weird space aliens we're putting that on twitter and instagram because it's hilarious oh, yeah. it is like, yeah and that's and that's it's it's not all you know it's not all roses from that but i think yep. it's interesting of of going through and 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 playing both eso and 76 and going through okay in order to be good at in order to be good at ESO you have to have the right armor set you have to have the right weapon set you have to have you know not only your skills right you have to have your your champion points correct and these different yep. there's 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 a lot of parts and pieces where 76 yep. like okay get some armor that has this one little effect and then take a bunch of drugs and you're good yep. yeah, you're fine <laughs> put all your health down all the way and you're going to do more damage like there's there's this Everybody's kind of learning these like interesting like out of the box builds, and I feel like that that it kind of takes these like high school. High, there's a lot of high school level players in seventy six, but there's not a gigantic culture around that where they're forcing people into doing particular things. Um, yeah. So, so I would imagine that that maybe there would be less of that with you kind of doing that transition. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I just, I, yeah, just from what I've seen in the, in both communities, yeah, they're, they're, it's, it's weird how like-minded they are, because it's, Mm -hmm. it's all an online experience in both games that has some sort of grind for something, and, Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that when it comes to an online, because, like, when I would play a game like, you know, uh, Fallout 4, I can entertain anybody at, at anything. I can make fun of the game as much as I want because the thing is, those people can customize that experience to however they want it to be. Versus right. an online game, you, you can't do that unless you're a hacker, right? You can't you can't create yeah. your own experiences. Like even like with me, like creating the whole Gulag Arena sort of thing. Like uh, straight out of Warzone, which a lot of people actually didn't get. Uh, they 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 you know they just it's so hard to create that experience in an online game. And I think with players, they just, it has to be this certain way, you know, or else all hell breaks loose. And, uh, and so I think there's a lot of like-minded players in that experience. Like, don't ruin my experience. This is my online experience mm-hmm. and it's not your Fallout 4 offline modded, you know, game, right? right. Yeah, that stream, that stream with the, uh, the Gulag was awesome. <laughs> just the, if you guys haven't seen it, it's, uh, we should link it in the show notes, but the, it's a, an actual fighting arena. And uh, you were handing out some some cool gifts that night. Yeah, it was. 
gifts and gulag. <laughs> and then the hacker came in and, and, and destroyed our server. <laughs> Were you there for that? No, I think I dipped out at that huh. point, but that yeah. surprised me. Yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> that was a good way to end the end the stream. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I, I feel like we've kind of come through your whole story at this point. Um, you also seem to have a lot of, I don't know, a lot of experience and advice that you could give to people who want to do things similar to what you're doing, creating content, whether it's on YouTube or Twitch. Where would you, what would be the most important advice you could give to somebody who, it was you six years ago? Um, I have to say there's like, you know, I, I'm proof of this. Like, you don't know if you're going to be that other guy who all of a sudden gets into some sort of audience and grows, you know? And I feel like a lot of people, they'll, they, they pursue this and then they just give up, right? Yeah. And, and then constantly they tell themselves only other people ever, you know, make it or get some, some growth out of it. I'd say like you know if this is if this is something you're passionate about like yeah, yeah don't don't put it down you, you never know all of a sudden you might hit a gold mine in some random video that nobody cares about on your channel like all of a sudden Elder Scrolls Online video never done that in my life and all of a sudden it was there uh and you know what if you are if you are pushing that you know that goal never look at the numbers ever numbers are <laughs> deceiving numbers are fleeting uh but the experience in the community is forever that's what you want to focus on so the numbers just yeah, don't look at the numbers. They will do nothing. That I think there is nothing, no greater enemy than the numbers when you're in this kind of line of work. Yeah. When you look at them, you start to obsess and self-doubt and then yep. replan content, worrying if yep. you can get higher, and it becomes a whole... Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Well, and, and you said it earlier on that you were creating content because you loved creating content. Yep. You were making videos because you enjoyed making videos. And I think that that, it, it, uh, to summarize basically everything else you've said, I think that all comes around to authenticity. It comes out, comes around to doing the things that you genuinely enjoy, being yourself, connecting with people as yourself, and just continuing to do that. And if that works out, that it can turn into something more, then that's great. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't, at least you're still getting the value out of creating things that you enjoy and connecting with people who you want to connect with. Exactly. That, that's invaluable too. So it, it can work out both ways. Oh yeah. This test too of a of a community is when you start to become so authentic that people start sharing with you on a personal level things yeah. that they they don't even that they struggle with and uh, in a lot of your streams uh, it's people talking about anxiety or depression or the death of a loved one. Um, mm -hmm. I don't see that in a lot of other streams, but I see. I see that a lot in yours, and I know you've shared some of your your personal struggles, stuff that you've gone through over the years. But um, it's interesting that kind of community dynamic that you've created, where you feel like you're hanging out with friends, and maybe that's mm -hmm. why they felt like they could open up. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's interesting to see. Yeah, like I, I I've noticed that, especially over the past years, and people people telling me they've noticed that because I, I just figured it was natural that a lot of people would do that in streams. Um, and I feel like um, it's that was that was like going back to when I first started streaming. That was one of the dynamics. Like like always talk. Like if I'm if I'm commenting on the game, I'm commenting. Uh, the chat is going. I'm answering questions in chat. Like I've always, I always made it my effort to answer almost every question I could in chat. And um, I feel like when people can have their voice heard, uh, 
they they feel like I'm being heard. Uh, this is my I need to get this off my chest. And yeah. this is it's like the whole airplane scenario. Like I don't know how many times I've been on an airplane where the person next to me has just like completely opened up to me because I'm a stranger. You know? Yeah. I'm I'm somebody to talk to. And I feel like, you know what? Online, you are a name, right? I don't know who this person is. I don't know where they live. I don't know if they're even a real person, but you know what they need? They need this comforting, you know, thoughts or or any advice they can get. And I think that that's uh I, I welcome that in the stream for sure because like you know people people need that and it's so much more important than video games uh, I would, I would yeah. put down my game in an instant to talk to somebody about that before I before I try to win a game of Fortnite or whatever like it's it's so right. much more important right yeah I, and we I think we all have that in common um I know we've in our communities have experienced that as well mm-hmm. and that that like it really is a a, a powerful moment when somebody who you only know on the internet as a name opens up and says, Hey, there's something going on. And I just, I know I can trust you guys. I just need to hear somebody I have connection with. I just need to get this off my chest. And if you're like, you're you're right. If you can just be there for just a few minutes to talk with somebody Mm -hmm. that's invaluable. And that creates a, uh, that has a lifetime value as opposed to winning, you know, the next round of Fortnite. hundred percent. You know, big deal. Yep. I won another round of Fortnite. Great. Yeah. You know. That person will forever remember that moment when you yep. listened and were there for them. 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. That's, that's what it comes down to. All right. Well, I think I feel like we're getting to the end of this. Are there any other questions the other guys had for you? Anything else you wanted to bring up? Oh, awesome. what are your... Uh, where... Do you have a... A, a two-year, one-year plan, or you're not thinking that far ahead? Like, where have you been thinking about where you want to go next? I was thinking about next week, man. Um, the, um, <laughs> you know what? Uh, as of as of kind of dipping out of Fallout seventy six, specifically, I'm still doing Fallout stuff. I just need to break from seventy six for a bit. I I really I've noticed like a lot of people enjoy um, just just insane moments, and you know what? Like as. A, <laughs> I like to, to pride myself in thinking that I, I am the unluckiest gamer alive and I capture the worst moments ever happening to me in games because the dumbest stuff will happen to me. And I'm like, I want to I wanna encapsulate that and put that into videos because like people are watching my stream and I tell people like this stuff happens to me all the time. Like, no, it doesn't. And then I'm streaming <laughs> and they're like, you are friggin' unlucky. Dude. <laughs> yeah, like, no, this does. is not normal. <laughs> Um, and that's kind of where I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to go. And that's why Tarkov is so exciting to me because I'm like, I know that I, I, I'm just I'm going to be absolutely terrible at this game and it's going to be fantastic. And uh, and that's kind of, you know, just stuff like that. Like I, I want to create rather than like, you know, another build video or something. I want to create experiences, man. I want to I want to create stuff that people can come back to three years from now and be like, oh, hey, I remember that like that, that video, you know, and timeless mm-hmm. like. That's where, I, that's where I want to go. At least it's it's definitely a bigger um, fish to fry, but uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm heading that way. It's a good goal. Very cool. Awesome. Well, how can people reach out to you? What's what's the best way to get a hold of you or plug into your content? Uh, yeah, no. If you guys like, I, I try to read most of my comments on YouTube. So you guys even plunk comment in there. Uh, my my Discord DMs are open for the time being. I can't always be revoked if it gets crazy. Just don't send hate mail. Don't send hate mail. I will ban you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then if you guys are wanting to to contact me, like something a bit more serious, I got a business email. It's just kevdoitbusiness at gmail.com If you guys want to mm-hmm. send stuff there, 
But uh, and YouTube's YouTube's basically slash Kev Dewitt, Twitch yeah. slash Kev Dewitt. Yeah. All the regular places. All uh, the regular Kev, places. Kev Dewitt on Twitter? I can't recall. Yeah, Kev Dewitt on Twitter. Yeah. Got it. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. This has been well, super cool. Me. I'm sorry I hacked into the middle of your game, but thanks for taking That's the time fine. to talk with us <laughs> I was getting tilted anyways <laughs> yeah well, well there you go I hope your viewers didn't, didn't mind too much um, <laughs> alright man well thanks so much thank you alright well let's move on to our Abraxo box we've got oh, boy we've got uh, I don't I know kids. I don't know boys have you been have you been at war lately has anyone gone to battle I hear there were some conflicts brewing. And now it's time for the Random Rant. Sponsored by Abraxo. When it comes to tough stains such as blood, bodily fluids, or sweet and sour sauce, nothing gets out those stains like Abraxo. Now with three times the suds and industrial chemical compounds. I, I, I read about, so I read about this and... Cool. and- Ken, I think you're the you're the the one that's been following it because I uh, read about this and I immediately just like I'm not gonna I'm just gonna turn off all of the social media, all of the different things, and just I I, t- I literally took a few days break. I read that and I was like, uh, or that this thing was happening, and I was like, yeah, no, no, nope, up I'm in good. arms, I'm, I'm gonna pitchforks, just- <laughs> torches. Um, I gotta uh, I'm gonna set up the box here and uh, put some ladders on the side polish it up a little bit some and, ladders uh, you're gonna have to climb up a ladder this is multiple yeah, boxes this is, this is going to be a very tall soapbox all right it's gonna be I, it's gonna be a, a, a soap trebuchet i am on yourself. top of the abraxo tower can you guys hear me yes <laughs> we can hear you yes it's just hard to see you now <laughs> it's the tower um it's a dark tower the dark um, tower, huh? So, to put a little context into play, um, what started this all off, uh, or, or, or set the tone, um, there is and has been for quite a while now a common tactic used by PvPers slash mostly Greepers to force people on a team into a PvP scenario. So, um, basically, you just need to get one person to engage back even in um, uh, in, I get them to fight back against a player and then all of a sudden the whole team um, goes into PvP mode even if some of the other members are in pacifist so it overrides that immediately you get creamed Um, it's super irritating (laughs) back in November uh, we had done a group event where we were doing a turkey hunt which was just like some friendly nonsense PvP and um we had uh, a YouTuber send somebody in uh, as a mole into our group <laughs> and get on one of the teams uh, dressed as a pilgrim. And then they went into a cabin. Um, they triggered PvP. And then uh, the guy had all of his people come down out of the mountains and then just start this whole thing. Uh, we ended up switching to private servers. Uh, so it was it was just irritating more than anything else but it becomes a problem in in a pve game where you're just trying to have friends uh fun with friends and it becomes this whole thing 
So it needs to be separated. What's coming with patch 20 is you no longer will be able to trigger PvP that way. If you engage back with a player, it's between you two. It won't enable it for anyone else on the team. So the um, PvP slash uh, griefer groups really got worked into a lather about this. And a war on Bethesda was declared uh, and proclaimed in a magazine called the Wasteland Gazette. Um, well, when everything's a nail, then you only have a hammer. Is that how's that phrase work? When you're a hammer, everything's a nail. When yeah. when it's all about PvP, yeah, yeah. it's all about war. Then it's all about war, right? Like that. Like ah, we can't fight each other, so now we have to fight Bethesda because they suck. It. it uh... For one thing, come up with a more original name. La Resistance, really? Uh, Is that the name of the South Park callback? Uh, You could have come up with a better name. but um, So the the objective of the group was to use hacked weapons to crash servers. Um, Increasingly, troll uh, groups, discords, um, Reddit, Facebook, just basically cause mayhem and their goal was to get Thesda to bring back survival mode uh, or simply not enable that with with patch 20 Um, none of which of course is going to work so they had set up a discord group and of course numerous people within the community uh, went undercover not me but other people went in there and um sort of reporting out and back what some of the group was was up to um the whole thing ended up being silly uh more breaking news today is that the group has since disbanded the discord is no more the reason that the discord is no more is it it was leaked that the group claimed that when the bethesda servers were crashed uh when everything went down this week that they were responsible for it um so somebody took a snapshot of the group talking about that. Like, yeah, we should totally claim credit for it. <laughs> so, of course, um, people within the group snapshotted that. Uh, and also you have the Love Resistance uh, declaration that they, they did this to the servers. So, of course, that circled around communities. It just made them look silly. Um, I, have, I have two viewpoints on this. We've had Vex on, and we've talked about how, when the game was first launched, PvP was intended to be kind of an aspect of this game. It was built into it, and even the launch videos had it. That being said, the community has slowly but surely gone in a different direction. So, looking to do more PvE events, looking for more PvE content, to the point that Bethesda recognized that, realized that the bulk of the community wasn't looking for that kind of an experience. So they're going where the audience is going. The majority want something different. Um, I think the, the PvP community has uh, a, a number of things that, that they should be rightfully a little upset about in that Nuclear Winter is created as a mode. I enjoy going in there. I don't take it too seriously. It's fun. Um, but there hasn't been a lot of new stuff added to it. So the PvP community who came to this game and got into the game thinking they would have that experience are now have, having that experience slowly but uh, shrink and, and taken away without getting something back. So I think they do have a right to be a little upset. I don't think doing that kind of a nonsense 
is going to be in any way productive. It doesn't get Bethesda, Bethesda to respond, much less open a dialogue. Yeah. Uh, so, wait, how many movies have we seen where there's a terrorist who takes hostages, and then the authorities are like, "We don't negotiate with terrorists." Yeah. Right. Like, isn't that the whole mantra of like everybody ever? So why, why, like, basically they're taking this stance of the terrorist and they're saying, we're going to do all these terrible things unless you give us what we want. It's like, that never, that never works. No, it, it just, yeah. And if anything, it, it makes may, you look like a jerk. The people uh, in there, um, it, I think a lot of people became pissed off at those particular people and their names became known. So if anything, it just, it makes you look worse to the rest of the community. There are two um, efforts that are a little more productive that are being spearheaded right now. One is a petition going around on change.org that I think has something like 1,100 signatures at this point. What they're asking for is for the survival servers to be brought back. Um, I can't see that happening because those resources were utilized for other things like private servers um, and also resources for wastelanders. But So I don't think... That's Bethesda- a more reasonable way of going about it. Yes, it's the, right. the process is correctly. Um, secondarily, um, in the data miners discord, um, one of uh, the leaders from the Filthy Casuals subreddit connected with me and had an idea to open a dialogue with the devs and present an arena scenario that can work. So with my group, I did a test where um, I got uh, some of the people on our team to, to fight with actually Vex and a few of his players in uh-huh. taking over the, the Tyler County dirt track, turn it into a proper arena. And then they had this just fun kind of team death match set up and they enjoyed it. It worked really well. Um, so I, th- I think a few of us are going to get together, formally make a suggestion how they could, could create something a little bit more of a dynamic and fun PVP uh, deathmatch arena in an instanced way so people could enter into it and go do that without it affecting other people or uh, suck other people into it and it would be something kind of fun. I think I would even enjoy that Um, and at at least it would be something fun to do. I think that is more productive than you know just being a a douche crashing servers and ruining the experience for everyone and let's, let's also be a little honest here your intent is less altruistic. A lot of the people that are in there are from known groups anyway who who just are out to look to troll people and make for a negative experience. They don't all of a sudden have this positive cause that they're working towards. It's right. It's similar right. to like when our apocalyptic aristocracy group was formed. There were raiders, griefers that came into the community and tried to, to paint our group as someone starting a war with peasants so we made headlines in gaming magazines everywhere as it being like this war against fallout first members versus everybody else uh there was that that formed from these people who just kind of go in and kind of pervert a scenario to uh i guess continue being a douchey griefer but when you look at it from the like corporate company standpoint and you have different kinds of customers and you have customers who make the game less enjoyable and more difficult for the majority of your other customers who are either neutral or they just do their own thing or make it more pleasant and more enjoyable for the rest of your customers, who are you going to side with? You're not going to side with the people who make it a worse experience for the rest of your population. 
because they are actually subtracting from your ability to promote and grow the game. So also, they're they're harming the overall community because right. when when people have a, a a griefing incident, it makes you want to shut the game off and go do something else right. because you're you're. Right you're not looking for that kind of a douchey experience. You're looking to have fun with friends. Yeah. Nobody logs in hoping to get griefed. No. Yeah. Like and even though you enjoy doing that, you're dictating the experience for someone else. The overall point is that it ruins it for everybody. Right. Uh, right. Because invariably what happens is Bethesda takes steps to mitigate your ability to do that. So you've created a scenario that makes PVP worse, not just for yourself, but everybody else because of the way that you're choosing to go about it. Yep. Um, and also, with you and I in marketing, when you have a, a brand, you focus on the ideal customer. Because this has been a kind of a dynamic experience, I think Bethesda has been shifting the experience depending on what hits. They've been right. testing right. a lot of ideas and concepts and seeing what, what we react to. Yeah, the so group of personas think, has changed, the ones that they're targeting. I think now they're getting more of a concrete idea about who their ideal audience for this game is. Now we're, what, a year and a half into the game. So they have kind of an idea of, of who that core is, the one that is dedicated to the game and it really makes them the most money buying stuff from the Atomic Shop to build camps. Um, right. That has become the ideal audience. So you have to put money and resources into that ideal audience in order to keep growing the brand right and to, and to some people that they see that as a negative oh they'd only want to give things to the people who are going to spend money but that's it's not a negative if it keeps the game alive right like that's that's the thing is that it's yes it makes the money but making the company money allows them to keep the game alive and keep providing for everyone else who also wants to continue playing the game and just because there are a few whales that spend and that's what they're called in the industry is whales oh, yeah. who will spend thousands of dollars on the store doesn't mean you have to to enjoy enjoy the game and yeah. that's the way these things work is that that because there are people who are willing to spend that much on the pay to buy stuff part of the game that means that you can just pay the one price that you want and get into the game and play it for as long as you want and enjoy all the new content that comes out and do all those other things. So it actually benefits everybody. Yeah. So. It's also, uh, when, you, when you think about it, uh, a lot of the arguments online is that, you know, this game should be free or these updates should be free. That's not how business works. For one thing, Wastelanders, and I think even Pete had mentioned when we did the Wastelanders launch, they went over budget on voice talent. So they spent a lot of money. The money has to come from somewhere. Right. You can't keep <clears throat> growing and adding content to a game, and it just comes out of the company coffers without their having income, the game sustaining and paying for itself. Right. So stuff can't be free. It doesn't. Business right. doesn't. If you value that. something, it, it pays to support it. Right. If you feel like you're getting the amount uh that it is valued back that's that's how economies work you put money in the thing that you value you get something back you feel like it's a fair trade and then if you feel like you want to do that again you do it again and it's nice when things things are free yeah that's great that's awesome but after after playing wastelanders and 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 rolling through a lot of that content i am incredibly surprised and it, and i think it's really uh, a shout out to the community and and more of like a filling in, you know, keeping promises and and really generating goodwill that it's free because 
I mean, it is an it is an expansion to the game. Like it is like classic, like expansion material for your base game. I I would not be surprised if they do end up charging for these gigantic expansions, um, much like um, how ESO does. But you you've got you've got to you've got to figure out some way of, of making money, but particularly really back on the on the on the on the pvp end of things to me it's like you have two types of people that are pvping people that are really working on creating their builds to and doing the proper planning and and measuring out numbers and saying okay i have tested and i have perfected this is how i do pvp this is like i've spent hours on this build trying to get the right weapons trying to do the right things i don't think that there is I think that their place is shrinking. I think the people that are into like, okay, I like the mechanics and the feel of Fallout, but I think that I don't, I don't want to spend the time going through a build and thinking about weapons and thinking about, it's like, I want to get out there. I want a balanced experience. And I think that nuclear winner is that. So I think that there, there are people that are being served by that, but uh, I, I do agree that your, your demographic of those people who are looking for these, like, instantaneous pvp situations are, are generally not going to be served um i think the pvp is really going to have to be organized by the community i would not be surprised when they roll out the um, this private team situation that they're going to add a category in that's just going to be pvp so you can do stuff like we've come up with this really cool arena i just built this arena like right. or maybe we're all in a building team and then we build this arena and then we're like oh that would be fun to turn on PvP and fight with it. Then that's right. a more natural right. change. Or you flag and, yourself as PvP, or if you're different part of different PvP groups, you can now automatically right. interact with anyone else who has that flagged. All right. So, yeah. so that it, it, it open it opens a door at least for for that for that community uh, that that it, that is out there. And I mean, we've had uh, like we said, we had Vaxon, um, but right now there isn't. So I, I do understand it from that aspect, but. Yeah, I, you're I, not going to see anything radical with that because really the game is a co-op experience now, and that's ninety percent of this game is a co-op experience. Right. I, I believe that PvP can work and and can be a successful part of the game. I think the the problem is PvP right now is is too unbalanced to function in adventure, especially considering the amount of hack weapons on PC. It, it makes it virtually impossible. If you want to be good at it, you almost have to get your hands on, on weapons of a questionable nature to be able to compete against other people who have weapons of a con- con- unconventional nature. Um, but, you know, like on Friday night, we did, uh, I set up two just fun PvP scenarios. One where I was the sickle man and we went to Windigo Cave and uh, it was a bunch of scouts in there, sexy teens, and um, I would go around and hunt them. And if Did someone, you wear an outfit? Did you have the... I was the sickle man. Yeah. Uh, when I killed them, they died, they exit, they couldn't come back in. And if they killed me, they became the sickle man. So we did this whole ah. thing. It was fun. They had fun and people got prizes at the end. And then we went after that and did uh, kind of a, a hunt, the Simon. So people hunted me at the water park and I was in stealth mode. So I was able to take down a few people before they ganged up and took me down. But something like that was was fun and enjoyable. It wasn't like, uh, you know, where you're building a house 
and here comes you know three people to just kill you and then blow up your house that's not yeah. right yeah. and i mean it's it's like tag is more fun when you have a group of friends playing it as opposed to i'm going to go out in the street and tag somebody and hope that they chase me back because that's right. kind of super what fun it is in the game yeah, yeah. it's like you're have you seen the videos of people fun. running around? Like, there's, there's one, this came out years ago, I think now, where the guy was in, in a public space and he walks up to somebody and hands them, like, a sword, like a foam sword. And then he, like, holds his sword up and then they just, like, like he's just <laughs> sparring with, like, right. people with foam swords. And, you know, and that's hilarious. But yeah, so this is a very different situation. Right. Um, yeah. Where, where that where that was probably a, a lot more for comedy <laughs> than it is for I'm yes. a pro at foam swords and I yes. want to test my strength against other foam sword wielders like right right I, 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 I do feel like that they need that uh, it's like you know it, it's almost like policy it's like oh, I think that they need that classification underneath the the, uh, the group system you know within the game I th- I'm, I'm pro um, PvP uh, group system classification within the uh, private teams they're doing Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like that that having organized events like Fight Club, like Ken dressing up like a '80s slasher and going around and, <laughs> and, and hunting people with a with a sickle, like that sounds delightfully fun. Uh, and that's one of the benefits of this game is the freedom to do that kind of stuff because you, yeah. you don't get that you don't get that level that level of play like we we were bringing up with with e, with ESO. It's like you don't get that level of play in a lot of games like. There's so much freedom in this game that you can get together with friends and have this like this stupid idea and and follow through with it just because it's fun. Yeah. Ken, is something going on? This expired beat. Oh. Uh, <laughs> okay. I thought I thought something technical was happening with the with the recording or something. Okay. Okay. He's up on this cool. tower. He's still up there. We, we yeah. haven't brought him back down yeah. yet. You okay? You okay? You okay up on your tower? You doing all right up there? Wait, are I you don't... <laughs> the boxes aren't supposed to hold that much weight that high. But I know the uh, yelling uh, and ranting and doing these things at Bethesda does not help. Trolling no. uh, in the Bethesda Discord does not help. Um, there are some legitimate issues with, with PvP and adventure, God mode being being one of the more nefarious ones. Um, that using that glitch to become practically invulnerable, but you know. So yeah. going the the right way. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is how this stuff goes. And at some point every game developer, you know, buttons up things in a way that it's harder to troll people. And the right. trolls go on to a different game. That's just kind of what happens, you know. Um, that, there's always this phase where, like, you know, a game is where a game's in and it's early, and the trolls all go around and they do their thing, and then they move on to something else. And that's what I, that's what I thought when Wastelanders launched. I was like, just wait till there's a bug, and then people are going to be like, oh, blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, it, it goes in the cycle. Yeah. They'll go away, wait till the next expansion comes out, and then everything will be great until there's a bug. And they're, rah, rah. It's, yeah, yeah. And, we'll- and it's not always the same people. That's the other thing is that we, we commonly group ev- like the, the community or, you know, the online. Yeah. You know, and it's like, well, no, the majority of people are still doing this. And That's then good. when something happens, this group over here now starts acting up. And then something else right. happens, and this group over here starts acting And it's not the same people. That's why it seems confusing. It's like, well, weren't you guys just happy with this, and now you're not right. happy with it? It's not the same people. It's it's same messaging, different people. Right, right. That's, and it and sounds like the same community, but it's not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, need any help getting off those boxes? 
You okay? I'm coming down. All right. I, oh, I thought that we were going to reenact the plot of Die Hard. <laughs> yeah, yes. But the, we'll the do that war, after the stream. The war to save Kim. After the video. After the recording. Uh, shoot. No, that was the wrong movie. Never mind. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, that seems like it's a podcast. I think we did it. Yes, Congratulations. Uh, how can people get a hold of you, Dave? Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at uh, Chafin, C-H-A-F-I-N-Z, I'm pretty sure. I, I think I think so. Um, you can find me on Instagram, same place as well. Uh, I have kind of taken a break with the COVID situation with uh, my other shows. Uh, hopefully get them back running uh, once everybody is gainfully employed again. Mm. We live in a crazy time, um, and I hope that I hope that everyone is being safe. Um, and I, 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 I really hope that everybody is focusing on putting positivity out into the world. Um, I really hope that you are being empathetic for other people. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to sound preachy, but really, really think about as we start to get back together, as we start to, to kind of reform this uh, social settings, um, really try to be more empathetic in general. I'm, I'm trying to do that as well. Um, and trying to, to see problems that I haven't seen before in this very tumultuous time. Um, that is my thing that I am working towards that I challenge everyone to do as well. Keep your pets spayed or neutered. Keep your pets spayed or neutered. Yep. Be careful with those casual situations. Casual situations. There's still there's still a pandemic out there. Casual. I can. How can people get hold of you? You can find me at Fallout seventy six podcast dot com and uh, also the same on all social media platforms. There you go. There you go. Uh, I of course can be reached at uh, Robots Radio. So at Robots Radio on the Twitter, um, and that's kind of that's my account, but it's it's for the entire network. RobotsRadio.net for all the other shows. You can check out all my Fallout lore cast and the other shows that I do. Um, also, we need to mention this as well. We are now sponsored by Loot Crate. So, if you want to get 15% off a Loot Crate box, which is freaking awesome because they've got Fallout Loot Crates, which I subscribe to, Elder Scrolls Loot Crates, like um, I don't know, some of us also play Elder Scrolls, right? Dave and I do that. And, uh, you know, all sorts of other stuff on there. So if you want, yeah, if you want a box to come in, all kinds of Borderlands, stuff. all uh, sorts of video games, comic Star books, Wars, yeah, yeah, cool stuff. So uh, if you want to get a really high amount of value of stuff in a box every month or every quarter or whenever the, each of the crates comes out, uh, you can go sign up for one of those. This is, in fact, you can see the the Brotherhood flag behind me i got that in one of my loot crates including some of the little guys over on the shelf over there um so it's a really awesome deal you get 15 percent off you just got to click the link and this is important click the link in the show notes underneath uh either the video or the podcast if you're listening on the audio and that will take you to loot crate and that will make sure that that they know that we sent you and then you put in the code robots radio r-o-b-o-t-s-r-a-d-i-o and we will get 15 percent off and we get a little bit of a kickback for that too at no extra cost because you still get a discount so works out for everybody so go check that out uh otherwise you know guys you know how to get a hold of us we're on the twitters we're on we're on discords you know there's links to all that stuff in the show notes so thanks for tuning in as usual and we look forward to seeing you guys next time See you next time. See ya. See you guys.
Ever wanted to be a content creator but had no clue where to begin? Come join me as I sit down with content creators that have already faced the challenges you're up against as they discuss the tips and tricks that help them be successful. Here on The Content Creator's Guide, available wherever podcasts can be found.